0: Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And
1: this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Thor Love and Thunder starring Chris Hemsworth, Christian Bale, Tessa Thompson, and Natalie Portman written by Taika Waititi and Jennifer Caton Robinson, and directed by Taika Waititi. Welcome back to Rye Smile Films. It's time to do some small batch film review, but some of our favorite small batch, right? Yeah. Marvel movies. Something we've never talked about before,
0: (laughs) or in a week or two.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, from just a few weeks ago, the latest iteration of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fourth Thor film, Thor Love and Thunder. I think we had some high expectations going into this one. If I'm not mistaken, I think this was your number one pick for biggest grossing movie of the summer. I certainly had it in my top uh, top five, and I think it was maybe the most thing I was most looking forward to. Right? Yeah, I think. Um, yes, I
0: know that we had high hopes for it, and how could you not after the way the franchise had been left with Ragnarok? Yeah, yeah,
1: and same crew coming back. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
0: You would seem to be set up for grand slam
1: here. Yeah. You would seem to be. We'll, we'll talk about it, if it was a Grand Slam or not. I think we have a ton to talk about. And then also some bombs being dropped. Uh, I think we're going to get some more bombs in September mm-hmm. when they do their D23 Entertainment yeah. Expo. We'll get some more stuff. But we got some pretty significant announcements at Comic-Con last weekend. And we'll get into the, the weeds with that. Of got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you about that of excitement level, importance, and just kind of where this is going. Because... Where it's going, those comic storylines, the base level of those comics—that's some big stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. So big stuff. So cheers to you. you. We're having some Oregon Spirit uh, straight American bourbon whiskey. Mm. (laughs) Get like a maple syrup with this one. I just—I can't put my finger on it, but like if it was like with like some maple syrup on like a on like a short stack of pancakes, it it would be perfect. Especially on that the back 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 part of that Mm -hmm. smoky. Yeah.
0: Maple, bacon-y. It's kind of kind of an early morning drinking bourbon. There
1: you go. You can make the case. Yeah, you, here's the bourbon you could have at 8 o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> All right. Can I tell you something? I was yeah, watching this thing online and talking about really popular drinks. And do you know I've never had an old-fashioned? Really? One of these days we're going to have to do that. Oh,
1: yeah. I love I, – I have the stuff to make it. We need to do that maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I like old-fashioned. The Manhattan, mm-hmm. I think, is, is really good, but – So maybe I have an idea. Okay. The next time we do a classic film, okay, we'll do an old-fashioned. Okay. And the next film we watch that's set in New York, we'll do a Manhattan. Why not? All right, yeah. We'll mix up some bourbon cocktails, yeah. There's there's some really good bourbon cocktails you can make with, uh, whether you want to go the rye route or Mm -hmm. even some stuff with some scotch. We can get a little fancy from time to time here. You don't want to do, like, (laughs) peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) grape
0: crush, and what's that other screwdriver? What the hell is it called?
1: No, no, no. You did uh, a screwball. Yeah, School screwball, all, well, peanut, peanut butter, whiskey, and, and uh, grape uh, crush. Whew, yeah, when right when D, when uh, DC's next slate shows up, right? That's when we'll pull that shit. Out. <laughs> yeah, Black Adam. Yeah. Hang on a second. Yeah, oh, wait a minute. You at yeah. all excited for that movie, <sighs> Rock. Ex, we, I think we're fans of the Rock and you know the modern day Schwarzenegger, as you will. But I have to admit, I was. Yeah, but upon I think I've seen the trailer three times now. Okay.
0: And I'm becoming less interested each time. Yeah. What's made, okay, we're going to get off track before we even get started, but this is going to be a long episode today, I have a Mm -hmm. feeling. I think what made Shazam work is that for the first time in DC's universe, we saw some levity. Mm, Lightness, yeah. This doesn't seem to have any of that. And we're doing, and I'm going to do a whole thing on this today. So this is going to be a theme for me. We're doing anti-hero today. Yeah. It feels Jokerish, but okay. a little bit more cosmic Jokerish okay. to me. Yeah, and are we going to see a Shazam appearance in this to bring that together? Because then we start treading into something else, which is post credits, and now you sit through a two-hour-long movie or two-three-hour-long movie for post credits. Yeah. So, I guess my answer to that is. The more and more I see and think about it, the less and less interested I become. I will see it. Oh, yeah, me too. But I don't know if I'm chomping at the bit opening night. I'm
1: not either, yeah. I think I can wait a few days for that one. So we'll see. I think that's their next big thing they have on the horizon right now. Any news on Aquaman and that trench and all that other stuff? Well, Aquaman, okay. So DC's current slate, future slate, is that uh, Black Adam, then Shazam, Power of Seven, whatever's (laughs) whatever's <laughs> yeah uh i think that's christmas-esque mm. uh then the flat the 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 the, the troubled flash movie right Is <laughs> really going to be released and i hope so wow <laughs> can you you can't sit on that right well, regardless if your lead actor is in jail bursting at the seams right mm-hmm. i think that's spring next year mm. and then you said aquaman and i think that's summer or next fall Jeez. but yeah i think that's it so far yeah, Okay. Yeah, we'll see. But it's, it's Marvel's turn today, so let's dive right into our review breakdown of Thor Love and Thunder. Kids, get to popcorn Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dead bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and
0: only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane?
1: All righty, let's start with the opening of of this film. So it's a little while before we get to Thor and kind of catch up with what he's been up to with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, We start with uh, Gore, the God Butcher. And I think, I think we talked about off mic uh, that this is probably a pretty good get for the Marvel Universe, right? Christian Bale, one of my favorite actors, Terminator rant included. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. uh, I think this is the thespian, right? I mean, th- this guy is the guy that sinks himself into any which role that he's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about this character at all. What about you? What, has you ever kind of registered in your comic reading at all? No one does. No one reads Thor. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there are a few. But
0: no, I've, I've never heard of gore. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought this up to start, at the start of the film, so it would make sense. But we spent a lot of time talking about bad guy motivations. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Okay. Because I think this is a stunning success to begin the film. Okay. For those people, and I know you and I can fit into this this characterization, those that ask a higher power or look to a higher power for guidance or help
2: mm-hmm.
0: are often met with what my mom would tell me in my early days of Catholicism as I guess God's answer was just no. Yeah, And it does, after a while, give one pause. Is it anger? What are you actually praying to? And that plays in this whole idea of faith. Now, I think that's a very relatable jumping into point for someone that has some frustrations. Yeah. Add to that... Those frustrations compounded by the loss of one's offspring in a world community place devoid of any natural resources. So think about what we're talking about here. Not that I'm on board with Disney's version of climate change that's happening in this film, but you got that. (laughs) You got the loss of, of your offspring and you have frustrations with the higher power who's not taking care of you. Yeah. Those are all three mm-hmm. very relatable personable traits that I think give a great motivation to a character. Yeah. When gore takes all of that into account and meets his god, which looks like some fairy sunflower god, portrayed <laughs> impishly, yeah. but I think arrogantly, I get where gore's coming from. Yeah. Here is a great, I think, origin for a bad guy that I didn't know anything about. So mm-hmm. I'm going to leave any references to the comics out and people that may be more Thor familiar may say, well, that's not how they did it. And, and I want to meet not, that person. <laughs> wait, me too. Miss you out there. Please email us. I think that's a great beginning.
1: Sure. Yeah. Are you with me? So no, far? I think it's steeped in stuff. We really, we like family yep. uh origins. I think we like, you know, tragic beginnings. So if you want to humanize the villain and then give him, uh, good motivation to then lay destruction for the rest of the film. It's kind of the the Thanos thing on a much smaller scale, right? Mm-hmm. And I would argue could work even better than Thanos' goal. It makes it smaller, right? Yes. I think we're tired of these things getting so big and blowing up all the time that this does feel a little more personal here at the onset. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I, I don't like the visual. I'm like, where, wherever are some Eden, Garden of Eden, uh, fairy impish land. But Oasis in the middle of the Sahara. Yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on here. But yeah, I think yeah, when they're like dying out in the middle of the desert and trying to make some plea to the to God to, to save me and then he doesn't. Yeah, I think you, have a, you, you got some qualms with uh, your higher power.
0: We're going to go from that immediately into the first of what is a very strange triangle happening in this film, and I call it the weapons triangle. And it's the Necrosword, mm-hmm. um, Mjolnir, and Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. Yeah. And there's a question among those three, which is the strongest? But yeah. and, and we'll answer that in our own ways and, and come up with whatever that answer is. And But this Necrosword is where, for me, the gore thing starts to become a little bit steep. Yeah if in the middle of this confrontation he's having with his God and the God thus informs him, like, in just a minute, I'm going to sacrifice you anyway, so it doesn't matter because there will always be more people and Gore responds with, there are no people, they're all dead. And the God basically just placates him and says, whatever, we'll find Mm new. A strange voice out of nowhere begins whispering to Gore. Now, Jesse, this is a big moment. Mm -hmm. This larger than screen presence that is omniscient giving him a magical weapon has both good and bad in it for me. It creates a larger evil or a larger entity that seems worthy of taking on gods Mm -hmm. where that stops for me is an imbued sword that isn't Mjolnir because anyone can wield it. If you find it, that has the ability to slay deities. Think about this for a minute. And summon
1: shadow people and yeah. shadow creatures. <laughs>
0: right. Fodder for them to s- destroy. Yeah. That lightning-empowered children can take in. We'll get to that later, too, because I, <laughs> I have a question for you. Because w- the, the thing I want to bring up with that is, and, and just in Thor general, yeah, Thor is the god of thunder. Mm-hmm. He's not the god of lightning. That's Storm. Yeah. Why do they keep giving him the power of lightning in these films? He does Anyway, I don't want to get off on that because we'll get that later. Sure, yeah. If we have whatever Ebony Blade we saw in the post-credit scene of the Eternals, and now we have the Necro Sword, not that those are bad weapons, they could be really cool in how you play it out, and we all like lightsabers. But that's another point I'm going to bring up, mm. and that's how closely the Marvel universe is starting to mirror Star Wars. the Star Wars universe, mm. even to the Big Four and both teams. Mm. Thor, J- Jesse, yeah, Thor has been Kenobi, yeah. Cap is Luke, Iron Man is Han Um, and Leia is the black widow Mm -hmm. and they have the exact, I mean the
1: exact same character arcs. Yeah. Okay. So that, that being said, he's a big fan of star Wars though. Well, that's, that's something he's also kind of toying with as well.
0: So, and it works right. i star Wars. is mostly a successful franchise. Oh yeah. So I don't, I'm just saying there's a, a little bit of a repetitive element happening in the writing room. Back to the sword though. If you are facing a God and you have a sword, the range of that sword is from your hand to the end of the tip. It gets to the same problem that God can simply elevate themselves into the air. And I don't care what necro sword you have. It's over. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's going to be, that is so maddening to me in this thing, because if Thor really didn't want to dick around with Gore, all he has to do is go skyward and bring his power of, Thunder, or, uh, I mean, lightning thunder.
1: Yeah, just smashed down. On you know? him. Yeah.
0: Go, run with what your thoughts on this sword? is, and do you even
1: care well, at this point? I do care because, you know, now we're toying with something that's all-powerful, and I don't understand its rules. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, never stated that you can summon this shadow uh, creature army. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, we do need some fodder, but, like, I just don't understand uh, the thing. I know it's meant to slay gods, but, like, which gods and why? Or we're just slaying all gods. Like, I think it, it gets a little murky here with kind of what, what what the goal is. We know he wants to slay gods, but he's just whatever it is in his path. And it's going to slowly start deteriorating his health, right? Uh, kind of like a cancer. Uh, and... It's gonna. I I like that aspect, and I don't know if they. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they really play into that very much. I mean, the next time we see Gore, he's all pasty white and it's got ghoulish teeth and goo coming out of his mouth or something. Yeah, I think they could have leaned into him like getting more and more evil the more he's hanging onto the sword because that transformation kind of stays the same from beginning to the end of the film. So it it feels like a bit of an inconsistent
0: weapon. Are you trying to tell me that... Yes, it is. It, it's very inconsistent. And although it gives you an army, which we like, because there's something we have something to fight, and it does come at a cost, then we're playing with the parallelism, which we're going to get to Jane Foster and, and Mjolnir here in a little bit too. Mm-hmm. So that works. And again, that, that weapons triangle that I spoke about. Where I struggle with the Necrosword is not only just the range and what it would actually be able to do when facing a god, because... Later on, the power of the necrosword seems to just be bored in the writing room and goes away, and we'll get to that at the very end of the film. But if this this voice from beyond is able to craft and give this sword to whomever wants it for the purpose of slaying gods, and it has to have, I would think, even though it's not drawn in the movie because there actually isn't in the movie, some tie to the throne of eternity, Mm, yeah, but it's not actually. Yeah. It should be. Then what you've set up is a Thanos and gauntlet-like moment where this powerful weapon in the wrong hands can do terrible harm. Like, yeah. for all intents, Jesse, this is the Tesseract in the scepter that Loki has yeah. early on. Yeah, Again, repeating what works, so I'm not going to give them too much grief yet yeah. for repeating themselves, but I will later on in the film. <laughs> the problem is, though where the Tesseract in Loki's scepter had backstory, this is just, I mean, think about this. A thrown-away weapon, because by the end of the film, the movie, the, the sword is destroyed. A thrown-away weapon mm-hmm. that's a linchpin piece in this movie that kills yeah. gods? Yeah. And to make this even more upsetting for me, it's wasted with Christian Bale. Yeah. If you've brought Christian Bale into your stable, unless he was just so miserable to work with, they didn't want to anymore. Yeah. Why do you kill him off? Mm-hmm. If you're going to have just a, like I get Kate Blanchett as, as Hella, that's perfect. I like Kate Blanchett. Yeah. And that's perfect for Hela. Mm-hmm. But Christian Bale?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Is Daniel this,
0: David Lewis going to get up and show up in the next film and play like a, a, a lackey henchman? Yeah. What a waste. I know
1: that's, I think that was my biggest takeaway of this film was it seemed like, a character that was set up interesting that didn't play out to Bell's strengths as an actor. I mean, and, and, and again, if you want a big bad to kind of, again, we'll talk about the plans later in the episode, but some of these guys can stick around for more than one movie. Jesus Christ. Tell me Marvel
0: doesn't have the budget to pay him for multiple films. Bullshit. Of yeah. No, no way. Yeah. So yeah,
1: I don't know. And what... We talked
0: about that off mic. We said, man, I hope he's not just the one-off baddie in this. Yeah, but sure enough, he's the
1: one-off baddie. So we're getting like all this great talent and, 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 recruiting all these amazing actors and then just the one and done. Like that's kind of frustrating. Jesse, you could argue that the chief antagonist and
0: the almost chief protagonist are the two most decorated actors, actresses going in Hollywood right now. Natalie Portman and Christian Bale are two of the elite talents Mm -hmm. in the business. And, Mostly gone by this. Now they kind of gave Portman a lifeline at the end with Hydra's Salva. <laughs> we'll get to that too. But hey, I did not
1: stay for that scene.
0: Oh, you didn't? No. You didn't miss much. We'll go <laughs> into that. A oh,
1: lifeline though—the the, the Marvel fake death universe, right? Yeah. No one's ever really gone.
0: <laughs> why would you to that? Why would you do that in Valhalla when yeah. there's multiple Jane Fosters in the fifty cajillion universes oh, that and they, they have now? Yeah,
1: they could just pull pluck one from whatever. <laughs> tree branch this I mean if the, the rumor. rumor
0: is in Wakanda forever that Michael B Jordan is going to make an appearance at the end from another is from dimension 17 as the new black panther oh interesting just use anyway yeah I know so despite and I I want to be fair because um, there's going to be a lot that that uh, I'm critical of today. I think his his origin for why he wouldn't want to be vindictive makes perfect sense. I'm on board too. My daughter is dead because you gods would not answer a or single solitary prayer. Give us some water. <laughs> water in the desert. yeah. And all I've done is promote my or sacrificed my entire life in your devotion, like devoted lackey subject to this God who is so non-compliant and forgetful about what imbues him with power. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. The question, though, is going to be, if you are gore, and your ultimate goal, we're going to find out later, involves weapon number two, which is stealing Stormbreaker, because that is the key to a portal that allows evisceration of all gods Mm -hmm. when the laser bridge is completed or whatever, Mm -hmm. then... Why would Gore also do that? Because then he has nothing. And I don't mean per script wise. I mean, per like just motivation. Then he has nothing to do. What should have happened in this is after Gore slays that Oasis fairy God is he should be imbued with some joy or some power or something that makes him hungry for the quest of, of more in this revenge. Because Turn the key, which is Stormbreaker, in the portal of the Bifrost, which opens the throne of eternity, which we never knew who sat on, but should be the voice that gave the Necrosword to Gore at the beginning, but it isn't because they're actually not related. That's a bunch of horseshit writing. Yeah.
1: Maybe but it, why would he do that? Yeah, I know. Maybe it's Hercules that it sits up there. It might be. <laughs>
0: we'll get to that too. Yeah. Hercules can get his ass kicked by Thor.
1: Yeah. Jesse,
0: why why would Gore want to like, wipe them all out right now? Yeah. I have, no, I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. It's- and per writing, why would you take away his quest to go... You know what you could have done with that? Yeah. If Namor is being introduced in Wakanda forever, and I'm actually pretty excited about seeing how the yeah. Atlanteans and the Wakandans play out. If Gore is on a quest to destroy gods, then you have an opportunity to introduce so many different Marvel universes by him visiting... As Thor and Valkyrie, who, oh, is she even in this movie? What is she even doing besides driving an amusement park boat? Mm-hmm. What you get to do is you get to, in the movie, j- organically, mid-credits, post-credits, hints, tease out mm-hmm. other places and other things. That, and you know how much media traffic would be driven online of, oh, my God, that planet has this green earth, and that means it's this guy. And that introduces all the, the tons of
1: fodder. Oh, yeah that That's they just th- didn't do. The biggest problem with this phase, phase 4, <laughs> has been the lack of momentum propelled in the teas and credit sequences. They've been all nearly terrible. Uh and just almost like jokes, just throwaway things they are not really setting up anything. Uh, was it pip pip the squeak uh, in their uh, <laughs> styles? Yeah. Uh yeah, so we'll talk about this film's end credit sequences as well, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I think it's a good introduction to the character with some very murky kind of motivation. And kind of a murky weapon, too. But I'm willing to go with it because, you know, it's Bale. I'm willing to kind of see what he does, and I'm going to end up being disappointed by that one. I'll just tell you that right now. But let's get to the titular hero, Thor, uh, God of Thunder and Lightning, uh, <laughs> who last we saw, Thor, at the end of Endgame, still overweight. Again, I got to tell you, of all the things, I know we, we've... Y- gone on about how we don't really care much for the regal Kenneth Branagh, Shakespearean Thor. Um, We kind of like this more lighter touch. I gotta tell you, the worst thing I think they'd done with this character was make him fat in Endgame. Like, that was just, Mm -hmm. like, stupid. it was just a throwaway comedic thing. And now he had to be big that whole movie. Yeah, Just to kind of show, they showed, if that was all about grief, and his grief was just playing games and, like, getting fat, like, they did him a disservice in that one, like... That was the most interesting thing you could come up with. The fact that he's lost all his parents, his brother, multiple times, right? Uh, Jane Foster's been blipped, probably. Uh, The the best you could do was just make him a fat ass? like. that's weak. I I never liked that. So they tone him down again. He gets into Chris Hemsworth's shape here. And he went off uh, toting with the the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Just Mm kind of getting into adventures with them. I got to tell you, this opening sequence here I thought was... uh, that was pretty fun and it kind of made me though wish once they left, I was like, Oh man, I kind of wish I was watching the guardians movie instead. I Mm -hmm. mean the, just the, the dynamic together with Chris Hemsworth, I think would be really great, Mm -hmm. um, as -hmm. a story. And they're barely in it here. They're, they're trying to fend off some army and protect this, uh, palace that ends up getting destroyed anyway. And, uh, the action sequence, though, like it's like Thor just is able to just mow through everybody, right? He doesn't need the Guardians' help. It's, mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty, that was pretty exciting and pretty, pretty hilarious too. I'm with you mm-hmm. for
0: everything that we hoped the As Guardians of the Galaxy were going to be. Again, other than a few cameo appearances, that's mostly thrown away as well. Yeah, I do think that Star Lord Pratt has some good advice to give him. Basically, say, dude, you got to work through your stuff. Like I was messed up, but you are really messed up. Mm-hmm. And I think that that mostly works, although—and I'm sure you're going to get into this, so I don't want to say too much about it. Whatever is troubling Thor, which should be monumental, because mm-hmm. he's lost everyone, and him and Jane Foster are on the outs, and there's just a lots and lots of tragedy in Thor's story. Yeah. And this is a funny movie. Taika Waititi does well with the humor in this film. Mm-hmm. It comes down to—and I'm going to say this and let you go with it— a man who's troubled and suffered tragedy after tragedy after tragedy is reduced to
1: semi-bitter, quippy guy. Yeah. Go. Because <laughs> so I know you want to talk about it. Uh, yeah. It's Go. it's something I I, I, I think it may, might have been in the back of my brain for a, a lot of these last movies, but I for whatever reason, I was like, oh, there's a problem going on here. And yeah, quippy Thor, right? I mean, we just mentioned, you know, Regal Thor and... You're an old man and a fool, Father son. Kind of like that version more. Kind of want that version more right now. But then the problem is, is Marvel's writing, you've already kind of alluded to the weakness in the writing room, or I don't know whose mandate this is to make everything so light and funny, but fuck, everyone's quippy, right? And this, who did I blame? Do you remember when I told you? I blamed, uh, I said Joss Whedon was the worst thing that happened to this cinematic universe. Yeah because his style of writing in the first Avengers was to kind of make everyone so fast on their tongues. Right. And a lot of that's Robert Downey jr's just natural strength as an actor to improvise and to kind of play himself. And that's why Tony Stark's so endearing. Right. But everyone can't be Tony Stark. I mean, look at like everyone that's quippy in this universe, Thor's quippy. Now, uh, Dr. Strange is quippy. Spider-Man's quippy. Star-Lord's quippy. Uh, fucking Jane Foster is quipping about cancer later in this. film. So I'm like, come on movie. Can not we be serious about anything? I know I'm just a
0: super cool astrophysicist from New Mexico. Yeah. Rolling in the, on the floor when she said that.
1: No. And, uh, who, uh, the, Oh, God damn it. Uh, Elena Belova's quippy. Like all these characters, just, they're so snarky. And when you think about just their counterparts in the comics is, they're not all like that. They all have like I think very distinct personalities. If anyone's quippy, it was Spider-Man, right? Yep. He had kind of like a little comeback for like all his little crazy villains and everything. But man, all these they're all the same, right? They're all becoming the same.
0: Okay. So do you want to do this now or do you want to go low cuz I got I have a ton on this this point you're making. But
1: let's do it now. Yeah.
0: I think with the men in this film or in the Marvel universe currently the quippiness tends to lend itself to humor. Now I know Disney has a brand yeah, and the brand is, and it's one of the things I think a lot of people feared when Disney acquired Marvel Mm -hmm. is that it was going to be watered down for family friendly content. And then in whatever version of their ESR score,
1: Lang's quippy. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Their ESR score, that's their environmental social response score that they're trying to keep up. Mm -hmm. Then they would be oppressively um, jaded to Themes, which maybe works and maybe doesn't, but we'll talk about that with Korg later too. I get it. Family brand that they have to check these boxes. The quippiness that you mentioned for me in the use of men's come across, in the use of the male characters, comes across as funny. Mm -hmm. And although it's carbon copied and formulaic, they're not off-putting. What doesn't work is that same thing when Disney or Marvel applies it to their women. Because what ends up happening with the female characters in the Marvel Universe is you don't turn them into funny. You turn them into, at best case, sarcastic. Yeah. Worst case, flat out bitchy. Yeah. Now, let me give you another list. Nebula, Gamora, mm-hmm. the Scarlet Witch, um, Lang's Chick, uh, Van, not Van Dyne, but the new Wasp. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie. Jane Foster, Mm -hmm. Black Widow, Mm -hmm. Yelena Belova. I can keep on going, 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 going. Mm -hmm. And they are all, Mm -hmm. per dialogue, the same character. Yeah. And there's this really interesting notion that's floating out in the social Twitter sphere, Slate and such, saying that Marvel has a big problem and it keeps sacrificing all of its female characters. I'm going to take issue with that. She's not wrong. Yeah. The writer of this is not wrong. Most of the women in the Marvel universe seem to meet a fate that's far worse than the main characters. In dying? Yes, yeah, they're, okay. they're just sacrificial lamps. Yeah. The reason that that happens, Jesse, mm-hmm. is, and everybody grab onto something, mm-hmm. people are gonna be pissed off when I say this, because they don't matter. They don't matter because in the context of Marvel Universe and superheroes, mm-hmm. okay, everybody get ready, it's getting hot now, yeah. The male power fantasy is what drives interest in superheroes. It is as primal as your and my shoulder width compared to a female's hip width and breasts. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't make female superheroes. You can't, of course you can't. Yeah. And they can be great. But I'm gonna challenge you. Mm-hmm. Name one.
1: Yeah, no, the, the writing is exceptionally weak for these characters.
0: Because they're disposable, because they've neglected the most important piece of making those characters matter. So let me save this before I go to the point that's going to back that up. Okay. The most relevant female character in the Marvel Universe right now, without question, it's not even close, is the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. I want you to think about what her name is. Scarlet mm-hmm. Witch. Yeah. A traditional role mm-hmm. for females. hmm and if you go back to what you said, and I agree, of the TV shows that they've put out, the best one was Wanda. Yeah, WandaVision. That whole opus was based on what happened to her kids. Yeah,
1: and grief. Yeah, right.
0: traditional. Yeah. yeah, when you strip all of the traditional pieces out of characters and 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 roles that we have become accustomed to, you can create new things, mm-hmm. and you should. What I can't understand is why Marvel and Disney's choice is let's write all of these characters quippy and where men, the male characters it will come across as funny, the female characters are going to come across as at best at best mm-hmm. anti-hero yeah. and most time off-putting and forgettable mm-hmm. and then here's their biggest sin let's take those characters and make female versions of the already established male characters, female Thor She-Hulk, I can keep on going derivative, Spider-Gwen
1: derivative, derivative characters, right?
0: Make a new one. Yeah. And I, people say, well, what about the Black Widow? No. There's a million assassins yeah. in the Marvel universe. They've yet to find. It's, it's such a stunning statement to me mm-hmm. in the insertion of female characters into this universe, and even in Comic-Done, trying to be the male version of what's already established do the and I'm a huge scarlet witch fan in reading and in mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Because it's natural and organic and feels like the role she should be in. When Gamora shows up and she is only bitchy always to Peter Quill and about the time they get it together and Thanos kills her, we feel something for Gamora at that. I feel sorry for her. <laughs> dad betrayed her. Yeah. And she's not just walking around with a chip on her shoulder. Every Marvel female with the quippiness that bothers you troubles me because they all come across on screen as chip on their shoulder. And so they become disposable because no one gives a damn. And for those who are like, that's not true, bullshit. Look at the numbers on Captain Marvel and tell me if that was the crown jewel in the early middle phase three pieces of Marvel, why Captain Marvel 2 isn't in production. Because no one saw that as a marketable concept the way they put her on the well, screen. Well,
1: it, it is in production. It's just with all the Mar- Captain Marvel characters, right? The Marvels is in the Phase 5 slate. But not, not standalone. Not standalone, her. yeah. So uh, that's I mean, that to me is a, a shocking admission.
0: And in the writing room at Disney or Marvel, and there's got to be a lot of heads in there. There has to be many, many writers oh, in there. Oh, God, yeah. Come up with a new character that's not... The She-Hulk, and it's coming because this is the other point I want to make, and then I'll give it back to you. Okay. We're going to come to a really interesting analysis to see if this theory that I had is true, and that's male heroes and comics work because of male power fantasies. It doesn't mean that female characters can't work, but when you root them in the male power fantasy, it falls flat for both males and females. Mm-hmm. We're going to see if this holds true because I'm going to compare what it looks like with the next big Marvel female, which big ha She-Hulk. Yeah to what I would argue outside of the Scarlet Witch is the secondary most important female. Jean Gray's in this discussion too in the Marvel Universe, but it's Sue Storm mm-hmm. from the Fantastic Four. Yeah, And one of those, unless the Fantastic Four is made like crap, but I don't think it will be. Mm-hmm. One of those is going to go over like a lead balloon and one of those is going to sail if they keep it to the natural organic way it should be done. And that's, I think that She-Hulk is going to bomb. And I think Sue Storm and the Fantastic Four is going to soar. We would hope. (laughs) Well,
1: (laughs) I don't want any of them to bomb. I don't either. I think the thing is, is, you know, I think we want these to be really good, but let me jump in here with my kind of analysis of what you brought to the table there. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and, you know, would, then I think there's an even bigger problem with this Marvel cinematic machine factory. Mm -hmm. You have two version, you have two dichotomies of, one dimensionality with your characters. Now your males are quippy. Your females are quippy, anti-hero, uh sarcastic kind of humor s- guy, humor guy, comic relief. It, 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 there's no differentiating any of these people apart from the next. And it's all starting to blur and everyone's the same. Now I got to applaud Marvel's at least, you know, their inclusion of whether it's race or, Female, like all the female characters that they've had here, you know, they had that, you know, that splash scene in Endgame, remember, where they all kind of assemble to go do the thing? So they've done a good job at including, but I'm with you. None of these characters have ever be- elevated themselves to the levels of like an Ellen Ripley, where someone that is able to literally be whittled away as the lone female final girl and take, the- take charge of the scene. Like these films don't become that because... They're modeled in such a factory-like way. It's it's. I, I've been talking about the factory cookie-cutter nature of this universe since, I think, Ant-Man and Doctor Strange. Jesse, yeah.
0: <clears throat> I agree with you so much. Your head is about to explode. In my mm-hmm. notes right now, this mm-hmm. is what I have because I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. If Disney slash Marvel seems to be looking for <sighs> successful models that they can base current stuff on— mm-hmm. And I can understand why, because they are turning out a ton of content and they don't have two years to write a script. Yeah. Like they got to go, 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 go. So I will give them that. And it's hard to write a, a, a script that quickly. Yeah. There are plenty of characters out there that are great examples of female leads, And you just said one of them. I came up with the list. Well, is, she's the best, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Lady Macbeth. Mm-hmm. Think about the unsex me hair speech, unsex me hair speech that Lady Macbeth gives and what that character did. Okay. Sarah Connor oh, yeah. that character if a woman is saying unsex me here take away my womb and destroy it mm-hmm. we're into some pretty heavy shit right now yeah number two Sarah and Connor no, and
1: no one believes her on top of that okay yeah
0: Sarah Connor yeah I have to save my son or save myself because I'm going to birth the last hope for mankind yeah. did you hear me I'm going to birth like yeah. playing that role okay number three um Ellen Ripley What is so brilliant and we've yet to talk about it in depth in this regard about Ellen Ripley's character is she is mostly forgotten or put off to the side by every other male in that movie. She must give everybody 50 warnings about why we shouldn't open the doors and let people in this. And no one listens to Ellen in that first film. No one does. And then they back it up with the other antagonist than the alien is fucking mother. Yeah. Like, that's woman versus woman.
1: And then look at the second film, too. She comes back from her 57-year coma, right? And no one still believes her. The colonial marines are like, oh, no, it's a bug hunt. We'll be fine. Yeah. And then what happens? They all get wiped out.
0: No one will listen to her. (laughs) Yeah. And do you know why that character works? Mm -hmm. Because she's awesome and she's strong. Yeah. But I think women and men, even in our subconscious, Mm kind of have to make an admission that we do that probably far too often. Like I would say I never do that or yeah. I try hard not to do that, but it happens yeah. whether you want to call that glass ceiling or what. And I'm on board with all that. Mm-hmm. Let me give you another example. Okay. Your girl, Laurie Strode. Yeah. All five of those characters are great examples of how you can make angry mm-hmm. work.
2: Yeah.
0: Why can't Marvel sit down and go and look at these examples? let's make angry work. And you know what they don't do is they make angry work just because Marvel's default instead of unsex me here, or I have to, I have to birth this kid is I'm just going to make another shitty comment about I'm so tired of having to save all the, uh, the universe from all these men. Like I'm so like Nebula hates, um, her sister, Gamora hates her father. Um, Captain Marvel Hates Nick Fury. Like, they all, they defaulted to we just hate men.
1: Let me tell you this. I think having a couple of those would probably be pretty good. But, like, why can't, like, one of these characters have, like, a Peter Quill arc where, like, their uh, father figure or their mother dies of cancer. And, you know, they're kind of brought up and kind of, you know, by they're raised by nefarious people, right? Yes. It shapes your character. That's a great origin story, but yeah, you're right. I mean, just like Nebula and them, like they're just so angry all the time. It's it's a good analysis, and I just I really hope that as we. We're gonna keep stretching diversity and more inclusion in this universe going forward. I mean, like Namor and uh, this thing. I mean, they're they're leaning into like a Mexican Aztecian thing, which could yeah. be awesome. Awesome right? could be yes. And ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know like what's coming, and I'm kind of looking forward to Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and we'll I'm too. talk about that later. That Namor character is gonna be big time going forward. Yes, huge. So. But on that, I just hope they. I hope they lean it. And I think you're right. I think the one on the precipice, it's got to work, right? Sue Storm of the Fantastic Four. It has four. to. Yeah. It, it needs, has to, and it, it, I think it, it needs to as well. It's got to be cast well. As it's, we need a good casting with that one.
0: Because the other thing that you have to admit, when you look at successful stories and comics, there's lots that don't have a female character. But when you bring up like the Dark Phoenix saga and the death of Gwen Stacy, and um, Oracle, like the birds of prey, and Barbara Gordon, and like
1: do you uh, feel do you feel that way about MJ and Spider Man? Yes, Zendaya.
0: Oh, um, do I like her?
1: No, but do you think she kind of fits this mold too? I think she's she's pretty sassy. Yeah, she's sassy, but I, I never like. I don't think that, that re- like really defines her, especially in that last movie. I, th- I thought she kind of really came into yeah a difference uh, there of kind of a tragic nature to her. Well, you character.
0: are you are just okay um yes and what i would say to that because i actually had a note on this too is where it seems to not burden the film for me is when that's not the main character but support because i think jane foster in this thor love and thunder is one of the few times that marvel starts to get a woman right Mm. i liked her character in this yeah and then she ends up dying because she's been disposable because you haven't really needed her pepper pots eh? no one really cares (laughs) But in the case of MJ, <laughs> yeah, and maybe I should retract what I said in so far as most important characters in the Marvel Universe because she's got to be up there with Jean Grey yeah. and Sue Storm. She's just not a superhero, but she's an important – Aunt May. Yeah. But that's mostly the success of Spider-Man, though, too. Yeah. Let's be- and there's not a lot think, of misses you know, there. And
1: I think it helps. I think just the, when, it, when we break down those spider I think we, we really like that universe, and it's really well thought out compared to, I think, a lot of this other – stuff but i wanted to ask you this too are all the answers lying in the x-men because think of all yep. those characters birthed from all these very different things like gene gray like and all, all the power of the gods right it, it's just willing to come through but it's all being contained for her rogue can't touch a single human being like imagine what that does to somebody you are in my brain right now yeah
0: the answer is the x-men when you take gene gray yeah. and the dark phoenix and then think about rogue Rogue and Gambit are this the most star-crossed couple that ever has been. Yeah. If we're going to be honest, one of the biggest frustrations of men is trying to figure out women's physical uh, attraction or not attraction to them, and we've all done it. Like yep. we won't if you're sitting there with your girlfriend, you don't have to like nod, but you know you've walked down the street and been like, "How the hell did that guy get her?" <laughs>
1: Blink your eyes,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Because yeah. we're frustrated, sure. So. Yeah gambit who is as swashbuckling and ass chasing as it gets can't lay his hands on rogue because he'll die he'll die yeah you want to talk about a bad case of blue balls which aren't a thing but you know what i mean by saying i can't
1: wait to see that on if done well right That that could be fantastic
0: and then i'm going to bring up another one and people might not think this is true but if you like thor and you think thor is strong I'm going to see you a Thor and raise you storm. Mm-hmm. Because not only does she have the power of thunder, she actually controls lightning and rain and wind and everything else.
1: She could create a hurricane if she wanted to. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. She is so badass, but underused. So, yes, the X Men, I think, do offer a nice slate mm-hmm. of female characters. And honestly, everybody, for everything like, oh, Matt hates women, that is so not true. I want a good, strong, interesting, not reheated. Female version of a male character, so bad. Yeah. It's why I want the Scarlet Witch to work out. Because yeah. she's about, but she's also a mutant. And truthfully, it, that's an X-Men also.
1: Yeah. They just couldn't say it all this time. No, I'm with you. I elevate one of these characters to an Ellen Ripley level. Now we're talking, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, who doesn't
1: love Ellen Ripley? Oh, no. She, she's, she's awesome. The greatest female character of all time. And it's just, it's, it's 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 remarkable. And yeah, we need more of that. And I need you to quip, lower the quip level on everyone across the board. Because let's talk about—this isn't the DC podcast, but, like, I know I was, I was really down on, on Batman, but like everyone was really grim and morose in that, and I kind of—I I need a balance, right? I need—you can be grim and morose, but you can't be just, like, joking about later Jane Foster in the chemo bed or hospice bed or whatever— is joking about, oh, it's just, I have, I'll have i be okay. Or just like, she, she has like a quippy line I can't remember because it's been a while since I've seen the movie. But I'm like, we're quipping about cancer, people? Mm-hmm. We need to chill out mm-hmm. big time. And I'm not even going to blame Taika TT I'm blaming the whole machine across the board. But if Ragnarok was lighter, more jovial, and I'd laugh my ass off through that movie, mm-hmm. this is kind of more of the same. But there's times in this movie when I was like, we need to chill out a bit, yeah big time. With the humor? A little bit. I just, I just wanted. Can we take a moment seriously? Like even like Korg's death later on. Like th- that was kind of like, whoa. Like is he gone? Like what's going on? Everyone likes that character. Mm-hmm. No, he's still quipping from his face skull, <laughs> and then he's still okay. You know what I. You know what I mean? So yeah, I. I don't know. I just. I. I want my humor. I also want some seriousness this is i think why i like like infinity war really worked for me because you got both of that in spades right mm-hmm. that's why spider-man no way home worked for me because you got both right mm-hmm. aunt may's dying over there and then we're able to oh, like 15 minutes later to uh to joke around with the the three peters and which one's peter and we're all pointing at each other like we're able to have both of that it's the balance right <laughs>
0: It's hard for me not to take what you just said and look at two films and compare them and and just further this point a little bit more, which is let's compare Black Widow, her own movie, and this last Spider-Man film. On paper, if everything that we've said should work to make Marvel characters and females particularly work, Black Widow should have. The problem with Black Widow was we mostly kind of cared about Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. Kind of. Kind of.
1: I liked that opening of the movie when they're kind of on the run and then get abducted and then go have to go into the red room and what I kind of remember that to the opening mm-hmm, credits. Mm-hmm. I liked all of that. And then oh, I just, just got fucked up,
0: well, man. The, the problem is the rest of her family sucked. Yeah. And whatever they plan on doing to Elena Belova, I am out.
1: <laughs> Thunderbolts, Matt. Thunderbolts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's coming.
0: That's announced. <laughs> yeah. As a show or is that a movie? and That's a, a show. Oh, that's, a, that's good. It's that, that should be a show. That should be a show.
1: That's the phase five capper. Uh, <laughs> we'll get there. Yeah.
0: That movie didn't work.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And there's plenty of sadness in there. That is one estranged, broken family that's got lots of issues. Dad had to keep him on the run. Like, there's a lot of stuff that that that, that movie should have slayed. And yeah. you know why else? It was street level. Mm-hmm. No cosmic entities. Just they go fight. They made
1: cosmic, right? They did. Remember Bespin?
0: Again. Yeah. Compare that to Spider-Man. Aunt May dies and there's not a dry eye in the theater.
1: It that was so well done. Yeah. And
0: then they bring in the other Spider-Man to talk they, about grief. Yes. Yeah. They share their grief. Yeah. And if we're going to take if we're going to take a class in how to make the audience care about your character on the screen and make them three-dimensional versus two-dimensional. Man, you are getting a lesson right there in front of your oh, watching them communicate and share grief and talk about
1: loss. And then when you look at it on a meta level and you're like, they're talking about movies we've seen before, but, like, this Peter doesn't know anything about that, like, it was even more remarkable, right? We're recollecting our own moments of grief watching those movies and feeling sad for those characters as they're trying to comfort the Tom Holland Spider-Man. I mean, it's, it's such a well-done moment. It makes me think that that movie is even better than we talked about, and Black Widow is even worse than we talked about. Oh, it. no. The new Spider-Man gets better the more I think about it and yeah. the more I watch it. Yeah. Like, it's like, in the rankings, it's it's getting close to the top. It's in the top five already. Four
0: letters versus six letters. Yeah. Four letters being S-O-N-Y, six letters being D-I-S-N-E-Y. Mm-hmm. That's the difference.
1: Huge, right? Two letters make a big difference. Again. (laughs) And then we'll cap this and we'll continue on. It's great. to. You're right. This is going to be a long episode. Morbius is Sony and that movie sucks (laughs) Okay. Fair. (laughs) Not everything can be a win. (laughs) Oh, shit. Um, Okay. So Thor gets kind of like a message from Sif, right? Of like, or some sort of communication. Like she needs help or something. So him and Korg. Another female with a
0: chip on her shoulder.
1: Yeah. Him and Korg go to find her and she's been disposed of by Gore's run through this faction here, and she's missing an arm. And we're like, oh, what's going on here? Like, this is someone not to be trifled with. And this is when we kind of get the reintroduction of Jane Foster, right? So the Jane has, we never know what kind of cancer. It's just, it's terminal stage four. Stellan Skarsgård shows up for a blink of an eye and was like, yeah, Jane, I don't know if there's much we can do for you. Uh, Darcy, Kat Dennings is there as well. Um, yeah, she's like doing chemo. Like I'll, I'll stop doing this, but like, again, I just wish, you know, like this is like for a lot of people, this is a really hard thing to go through chemotherapy and radiation treatments. Like I know a lot of people that have gone through this. And she's quipping with the guy next to her. Like, yeah, I wrote that book that you're reading there. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. What do you think of that? What do you think? And she's talking about Event Horizon and <laughs> doing the yeah, like, wormhole. Them, yeah, the wormhole. It's got a name. Uh, but every movie has And that's the way they show you how uh, black holes work, right? Yeah. I'm like, I wish, man. This could be powerful stuff if we were just weren't joking and dancing all around it. But her thing at the end of the day is like, I could call Thor for help, right? But, like, obviously, however they broke up, which is something we never see on screen, if I can remember, Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to have to rely on him. So she decides to visit New Asgard, another thing I didn't like from the end of the last Avengers movie, and is going to try and summon Mjolnir uh, to see if those powers can restore some health to her. And that's kind of her motivation for the majority of this film. Did you like, I did like this in the first one, and I kind of liked it here, this whatever traveling William Shakespeare acting troupe that Asgard has here, that they're continuing on the story with Matt Damon, uh, Luke Hemsworth. Was playing Thor, the third Hemsworth brother, and uh, Melissa McCarthy as Hela, yeah. and Sam Neill as Odin. Like again, I loved it in the last one. I kind of like it here too. <laughs> I do too. It's just it's that that's the type of humor I like, where we can kind of poke fun at this and just how regal and ridiculous this whole universe really is. Right?
0: Yeah. I wondered when the the Guardians of the Galaxy were thrown away the way they were thrown away in this film, if there was a change in story plotting. The reason I would say that is, I don't think they would have put Thor with that cast to not use that cast. That was, that was gold. And it could have been, that could have been comedic gold watching Quill and Thor go back and forth the whole time. And then you make, you think we need James Gunn in here though? Yeah, maybe kind of, and then you get like Gamora back and start playing a little bit of a love triangle. That could have been awesome. Yeah, but we didn't get that. And the reason I'd also say is there might've been a change in direction is that you brought up two things that actually in backstory made him work, but because it was done in backstory and not introduced organically in real time, Uh, It was just sort of shoehorned in there. And that's Thor asking Mjolnir to please take care of Jane Foster. And then Korg giving the backstory on how Thor and Jane broke up.
1: I like that. I did
0: too. Wasn't it set to Enya? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's, you know they broke, and up. it was done like almost like a Nora Ephron, Rob Reiner comedy, right? Yes, <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they broke up over
0: what ends up what ends a lot of relationships work and time. Yeah, and just not having enough time for each other. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's working, that was, but that was a good moment. Yeah,
0: shoehorned in because it was done not only in backstory but in backstory through narrative.
1: Um, kind of a no no when it comes to writing. Let me ask you this about Mjolnir. I don't know if we ever saw a scene where... Because remember, Hela crushed it, right? And it was shattered into a million pieces, and that was the end of that. Did we ever see it get fixed? Or it was just they they picked up the pieces and took them with them when Asgard was destroyed? I say this because Mjolnir shows up in Endgame. Mm -hmm. That Mjolnir's from the past, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the one Steve Rogers uses. Mm -hmm. And then he took it back with him on his stone quest. Mm -hmm. So I'm just saying... How did we get this old mule near reforged and re-put back together?
0: Well, who was able to wield the dustpan and the mop to even sweep them up? Because that would be carrying it.
1: Yeah, it would happen on like a cliffside. I just, just, that kind of shit drives me insane. That's what I'm
0: saying. Like, shoehorned in and work as long as you don't look at it too closely. Like, it's it's what I call the stripper effect, Jesse. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, till two o'clock, they all look good. And then the lights come on and you go, oh, fuck, what happened? (laughs) I'm telling you. I gave her $60. Uh Uh-oh. I, I didn't, this Marvel, I've heard that happen. This Marvel
1: universe really started falling apart right at the end of Endgame when they just couldn't logically explain how everything was going to, like, piece itself together. Like, it just all just, from that moment, thinking about, like, how this person's supposed to be there and this and that and this and that, it's all just been such a clusterfuck since then. And then I was like, where are those guys? Like, th- those are two huge movies to write. Uh are they writing any of this new stuff coming out? Like, what are those guys doing? Oh, they did the gray man, which I didn't really Mm. love,
0: (laughs) which poses a really interesting question that I just thought about. Okay. There are some movies that you can just expect the audience to take some things with a grain of salt because it needs to happen for the story. Is no one in the executive decision-making offices of Marvel slash Disney saying, you know, we have a rabid fan base here that is able to decode Lines of dialogue from 25 years ago, and that has made it canon into story that they are keeping current now. Yeah. And then sweep all that away and just blow off these things like no one can wield even broken Mjolnir, Mjolnir because they're not worthy. And we've met, we've had movies yeah. about that very fucking concept. Yeah. And you just decide you don't care, and we'll just shoehorn it in. That was the the fan going Marvel group is and maybe maybe the number's not as big as i think so maybe it's just like me and you and like comic book nerds i but think it's pretty big i think it's yeah. that's the wrong
1: audience to try that stunt with to catfish me on don't catfish me yeah on don't this. we need to see i mean if you, they're making callbacks from like the first hulk movie i mean like you know what i mean like they're able to like so neatly tie up all these little references and everything tie up this little just other Mjolnir nonsense, and maybe it's in a scene because I don't go back and rewatch these movies all the time. I watch a lot of other things too. Maybe there's a scene where Mjolnir's getting reforged, and I just completely forgot about it. But I don't think I, I remember that scene. Okay, so
0: in this this uh, triangle of weapons that I about, that I spoke about, two of them already have rather murky or shadowy roles in this film. Mm-hmm. Broken Mjolnir, reforged by Thor's godlike wisdom or edict in Jane Foster's hand. And we have no idea how that got from a to it's like
1: a plus B equals yogurt. My and solution it, for that real quickly. Sorry. Is forget the broken mulener, Just use the one cat brought back. Just put it back exactly. right there. Exactly. Don't, don't even mess with trying to return that thing. Mm-hmm. And Cause then, the timelines already effed. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, who's keeping score on
0: that anyway? Yeah, just
1: put it back. Just put it back there. Cause it's like getting like some diorama case, right? Yes. When she walks up to it. Yeah. And
0: yeah. then the necrosword. Yeah. There's lots of pieces
1: missing in those two puzzles. Did you like this kind of reunion here in New Asgard? So Christian Bale's laying waste to New Asgard and abducting all the little children, kind of like uh, the Penguin in Batman Returns. Uh, <laughs> puts them in a little kind of like a, a owl nest or something and floats off with them in the galaxy. But it's the reunion of Thor and Jane Foster. And he's like, oh, Jane? <laughs> it's like, you're Thor now. Yeah, I did like that. Did you like that? Yeah, I, I, I think I was kind of on, on board with this too. And then we, like we said, we get that great montage of their relationship, and mm-hmm. it's it's really heightened to like really poke fun at like relationships. To that Enya song that, and I just that's that was like a smash back to like ninety nine. Right, you
0: hit it though. It totally is Nora Ephron and Rob Reiner. Like that, that is. It's when Harry Met Sally. It and works. And it is, and that it works letter. really well. It it might be
1: one my, one of my favorite moments of the movie, actually. Uh, And then when they come back, it's like, we got to work together. And, man, everyone's giving Thor a hard time. And it's almost like they don't want him here at New Asgard because he just destroys destroys everything. everything. And, can we get Valkyrie or someone else to take up this case? And I got to tell you, so this is another kind of hot topic right now because everyone's kind of making fun of this particular scene right now. So do you remember when they're having that town hall meeting in the New Asgard Chapel or wherever? And then Hemdall's son Axel Astral projects into the thing. Man, everybody online, Reddit and everywhere, is just making fun of how bad the effects look of this floating head. Yeah, telepathing to Thor to come save us. Yeah. And it got it, they're in the news right now, right? I mean, the, all the VFX companies that work with Marvel are all coming out now and just like whistleblowing about like, man, it's they're the worst client ever because yeah. they're working us to the bone. They have these unruly deadlines. They're having us create these crazy things. And I'll bring this up again because when we get to Omnipotent City, that's a CGI just vomit fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're having to make movies that are almost 80% digital, right?
0: And it shows, and
1: cr- yeah, and they don't have the time to like make these refined effects, and especially when we're going to lay out the slate a little bit later, the future. How do you have time to make this like really stand out? It's oh, some of this is going to come across the finish line looking kind of like this. You know, what would prevent VXF companies from having to meet these
0: ridiculous deadlines from Marvel would be if Feige and them would back off a little bit, and I don't mean back off like like give them enough time to do them properly because we've all talked about this. Mm-hmm. And that's Marvel saturation. Yeah. I don't need eight more things in the next year and a half. Like three to four is is probably plenty.
1: You're getting it.
0: I know. And
1: now. <laughs> so
0: if you back it off, then what I'm going to be is a little bit more hungry and probably a little less critical because I'm going to be like a full person is far more critical of food than a starving person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Follow? Mm-hmm. I'm starving. This bologna sandwich is the most delicious thing I've ever consumed. This filet mignon is not cooked properly. Send it back. Mm -hmm. Catch my drift here. Back off. We don't need that much. And frankly, Kevin, you don't have that much. You don't have enough characters, as as crazy as that sounds, in the Avengers world. Back to your other argument. Mm -hmm. To keep doing this, the Avengers, Jesse, Mm -hmm. are exhausted now. We are at C to D list level Avengers. And people are saying, well, what about Thor? He's C-level, really, without Cap and, and Iron Man. Yeah. Because they were only B-level.
1: I think they've made him A-level just through but, interest alone. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, no one reads Thor. I want to meet that person. Yeah. It's the X-Men to the rescue and the Fantastic Four to the rescue. But that's, well, there's
0: not even been an announcement about the X-Men yet.
1: Yeah. PSA to people out there that kind of don't know how this works. So there's thousands of VFX companies around the world. Weta is a big one. ILM's the the tried and true classic, right? But there's a lot of little indie houses as well. What they do is they contract out to the lowest bidder. I would imagine. Okay, you are going to VFX, Thor's Stormbreaker, and that's all you're doing. You are doing omnipotence background B, and then this company is doing background A. You
0: said they hired a company just for Thanos's face. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so th- then you. Bring that all together, and then kind of that's where the editors come in to kind of piece everything together. That's got
0: to take forever. And
1: then when you have someone, and I don't know the guy, but like Feige, I think he's ruling kind of with an iron fist, right? Comes in and is like, yeah, that's that's not up to par. Go back to it. Mm-hmm. So these guys are pulling like 80-hour work weeks mm-hmm. like, to meet these crazy, just so everything kind of looks presentable. And my point at that is since Thanos was a remarkable CGI creation, I thought he looked really great. Mm-hmm. Iron Man suits always looked pretty good. Everything else, every nothing's like, uh, like you remember uh, the I don't know the Andy Circus uh, Caesar and the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that looked amazing. Yeah, we're not getting that kind of level of CGI. We're getting like Gollum. Yeah, we're not getting like really refined tech here. It's just just okay. Turn it out. Yeah. What you are you talking about
0: the mm-hmm. VXF companies? Are you talking just about Marvel's slate of property right now? Because I think they mirror each other. Yeah. I know you're talking about the VXF company, but it's just sort of, okay. Like yeah. at best, you said this on the phone to me, so I'm stealing your own words, yeah. but at best you get, yeah, it's pretty good. And most of the time you're like, yeah, occasionally now you get great. And it used to be completely reversed. You'd be, be like, oh my God. are like, how did they do that? Occasionally you used to be like, that's terrible. Most of the time it's pretty good. And you, yeah, these are, they they've, like they've Jurassic
1: re- Park, right? The first one. Yeah. They've yeah.
0: reversed. It's just too, it's too much.
1: Yeah. It's too much. And you lose me when it, there's not enough gravity to the thing. I can't wait till we get... Well, let's get to Omnipotence City. Yeah, let's... Uh, well, can I say one thing? Yeah.
0: Okay, in this battle in New Asgard, I guess Gore shows up to steal Stormbreaker. However, when he's not able to steal Stormbreaker, because I don't really know why he wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got Thor pinned against the car, and it's cutting him from almost giving him the uh, Italian necktie with... The uh, Necrosword. Yeah. Valkyrie finally shows up and does something, and that's pretty much going to be about it for the rest of the film for her. I guess he goes to plan B, which is, I know, I'll create a trap for Thor, and I'll do that by stealing Heimdall's son and putting him in a cosmic cage, and then Heimdall will talk to Thor and tell him to come rescue them, which will then... Bring Thor and Warhammer to my lair, and then I can steal Stormbreaker there to open up the Gate of Eternity
1: to kill all the gods. How about you move on to the next god and stop wasting all your time there? You go. screwing around with this? We're like, what are we doing here? So, did, on the, I mean, on the fly,
0: Jesse, like this, yeah. Gore, like this, devises that half, uh, you know, half baked, yeah trap plot yeah how did you hear what i just said yeah everybody go back and listen to the last 15 seconds Be like what the fuck is he talking about Up until this time that's the movie
1: up until this time allegedly he's been just slaying gods right left and right (laughs) (laughs) move on it's like okay this is a problem i'm not gonna concoct a stupid plan here let me move on to the next one maybe he should just go to omnipotent city and just kill zeus right there you go oh god okay so thor's plan is like i'm gonna put a team together right i'm gonna go to the king of the gods, Zeus himself, and put together a group of fighters, and then we'll go fight Gore. Get the kids back. We need a team, right? We always have to assemble a team. I can't believe we're talking about a kidnapping movie. now. I know. Yeah, they need Liam Neeson in this. <laughs> they, Taken.
2: They Maybe it. he
1: should be on that team. Uh, Qui Gon's ghost, right? Yeah. Uh, and so we're gonna go and. To the city, recruit a god team, and then, man, I got to tell you, this is my, my least favorite part of the movie is whatever bullshit is about to happen this next 20 minutes, they go and try to make their case to Zeus the god, played by Russell Crowe, by the way, and just another been- wasted talent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's all just done for jokes and laughs, and they strip Hemsworth naked, and they show his ass, and he's looking like Max Katie in the back. Yeah, I mean, yeah right. He's got like a Loki, like uh, the Lady Justice tattoo. <laughs> it, it's just ridiculous, and it's just, it's 20 minutes of Loki <laughs> Lady Justice. Yeah! That's awesome. It's all for naught, right? Because they need Zeus's lightning bolt. <laughs> Why do they need his lightning bolt? Did they go to get his lightning
0: bolt or did they go to get him and assemble a team of gods? No,
1: they went to get the team, but right. they, they decide to steal the lightning bolt cuz that looks like a good weapon that we could use. Who's going to use that? Yeah, I guess Thor. Well, he does at the end, right? Because he doesn't need Stormbreaker anymore? Yeah, that I think that weapon's enough. That's it. Uh, it was remember? Do you remember when Stormbreaker was created? We need the we need the, we need the, the, the god-killing weapon, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, right. This movie's this weapon's equipped to kill a Thanos. I think we'll be able to kill a Gore, right? Yes. So why do we dick around with that lightning bolt? We have got to make lightning kids later. I I completely hated this twenty minutes. It was so ridiculous. The jokes didn't land for me. They kill Korg, which you know, I I, I do like Taiko Waititi's Korg. He's his humor is kind of almost like on a Drax level, where mm-hmm. he kind of kind of doesn't get the joke. Even he's kind of the joke. Mm-hmm. And I, I did appreciate that. And they could have had a really powerful moment where they just blow him away and just leave it. And no, he's like still quipping from his face mask. Mm-hmm. And then we just kind of escape and just kind of for nothing, right? It was just kind of like a weird detour. Yep. What would you think of all that? And then it's a CGI just miasma of just bullshit. What would you think of all that? Because it's like, it's like 25 minutes of the movie.
0: We've decided to take one of the rides that was new Asgard, essentially the sea dragon ride that goes up and down, back and forth and like that pendulum sort of ride, turn that into a cosmic traveling vehicle. With the goats. With the goats, which by the way, my wife pointed this out to me, as heavily influenced as the soundtrack is with GNR. And to that, I'm going to salute him because that, I love them. And it has got a very clear presence in this film. The goats screaming is literally Axel from Paradise City, the whistle. <laughs> it's it's that. It's so these goats as the sled dogs to travel this cosmic boat on the Bifrost through Stormbreaker's power to get to Olympus, or I'm sorry, Omnipotent City. It can't even be Olympus; it has to be Omnipotent City. Yeah, what the hell's that? Just go to Olympus. Yeah, there's lots of gods there, including Hercules. Yeah, I, I you know I I saw the movie twice. We've seen it twice now, oh. and um, the second time I I I nodded off because it's just this is so stupid. Yeah, and then Thor comes. or Then when Zeus is upset because Thor won't be quiet when Zeus is ready to do his grand speech or whatever it is, he comes out and does that dribbling display like you would see in some Nike commercial back in like the mid '90s. Mm. With the lightning bolt, bouncing it off his rear and spinning it on his finger. And, like, when did you turn into the fucking Harlem Globetrotters <laughs> of, of lightning bolts? That's pretty It's good. so... What are we doing?
1: Talking about Zeus, right? Yes. <laughs> what is that?
0: Good and then god. he's like, if if you won't help me assemble a god team... Because, basically, Zeus says, we're safe here. And there's not a chance that he's going to get to the throne of eternity. So, here's that damn throne of eternity brought up. Mm-hmm. And you can see Valgo's. oh, shit. And everybody's like, what's the throne of eternity? So... I guess we at least have a place to go, but this is all just a waste of time. Let him chase Gore across the universe trying to save or warn the gods that gore is coming. Yeah. I don't give a damn about stealing kids, but this is the other one that I won't talk about the Disney room, and then we'll get into it a little bit later. Okay. The two defaults continually are when in doubt, throw some female characters in there that are expendable or second default is use kids. And I know everybody loves fucking, um, stranger things. <laughs> straight, well, stranger things. That's what loves uh, Grogu. Oh but yeah. <laughs> nobody liked Ben championing young Leia's cause on the first three episodes of this Disney. Like, yeah, no, no one wants that. Like, and here's my other question for you regarding youth in Disney. Okay. If teenage Groot, um, Groot too.
1: I am Groot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sassy, prepubescent Groot. You
1: got some acorns on you, pal. <laughs> good a lot sap
0: in you. God, Infinity War is so good. <laughs> yeah, so good. Can cut off his arm yeah. and make the handle for Stormbreaker. Yeah. Can you please explain to me, in any feasible sense, yeah. how he can go from little tiny baby plant in like six months to adolescent Groot and then stall out and never finish growing up into grown floor colossus Groot? <laughs> yeah. How is that, like, water that fucking tree. Yeah. You know why? Mm-hmm. Because they need him they to like, be young they because like. they can play young and cute. Yeah, they don't want to get back to the old one again, right? He should. He grew his arm back in five seconds. You're telling me the rest of him can't grow like that? That floor colossus should be done by now.
1: Well, imagine how many toys little baby Groot sold. <laughs> A ton, right? Yeah.
0: Baby Yoda, baby Groot. That's everything, young Leia. I'm So now we go with... Young Asgardians.
1: Get ready for Young Guardians coming summer 2025.
0: Well, and (laughs) and the final point I'm going to make in this is what's the title of this film? Yeah. Love and Thunder. You know who love is? Young Thor, kind of. Yeah. But not. young. Young, should be mortal, born of mortal loins love. Resurrected, I think, but no, because she didn't die. Imbued with the power of the throne of eternity, but I don't know how. But she's young, so we'll yeah, take. I didn't, I
1: didn't like that ending. So now we've yeah. got
0: Thor running around the little girl. Yeah. Could... What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and to uh, we'll get to that in the end because I have another thing I'm going to say about that.
1: But we're on our little sea <laughs> dragon ship of. uh At this
0: point, I'm just ready to be done with this film.
1: Yeah, the goat. Yeah, we got like another like 45 minutes left. Well, so we get to this planet, right? Gore's. Is it a plant? Is it? Hang I don't on, really, I don't... they crash into it. Hang they... on, I got. I got to look it up. It's the Shadow Realm. And I thought visually this was pretty cool, right? Because everything goes black and white, and we're on like mm-hmm. a... It's, it looks like the moon. Sin City-like. But it all just goes kaput, right? I mean, they're like, they're not able to get the kids, and it looks like Bale's got, like, an upper sword on them. And <laughs> Wounds Valkyrie, which, you know, you, with something like the Necroblade, I think if you get stabbed by that, I think done. I think you're done. done. But no, it was just, like, enough to, like, really hurt her. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Or uh,
0: in, in, in the writing sense make us not have to worry about a character that we haven't used the whole film anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was another, it's just a speed bump on the, Wasted. the way to the longer journey. Like uh, this, this little shadow planet thing. Cause we're dealt that blow. We go back to earth for a bit. Jane's withering away. Cause she does can't some, she can't use the power of Mjolnir all the time. I think she's accepted her fate that she's going to die. There's nothing that can really help that. So Thor's like, I'll take it. You stay here, you rest and I'll go get these kids. Because I guess Gore told them where they were gonna go, so he knows where to go get them. So when they ship to the Shadow Realm to rescue the kids, are not there, and they
0: walked right into Gore's trap. Yes, which he thought up right there on the spot at New Asgard on the moment, and somehow it managed to work out, and they found his Shadow Realm, and he attacks oh, them. He
1: uses he uses the because he steals Stormbreaker here, right?
0: Right. So he traps them in like shadow monsters, and this kind of turns into like a Sam Raimi sort of horror flick for a while, and Bale's really all in at this point. On I am. I am corrupted innately, evilly with this Necrosword and my teeth. Are, he's looking very, very demonic at mm-hmm. this point, like almost Grim Reaper-like. Yeah. And these, these Asgardian team can't get out of these shadow monsters' clutches. And he's threatening Jane Foster, and she's saying, don't do this, and she can't breathe, blah, 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 blah. And the whole point of this is, as Thor is about to Bifrost Val... Back to, I guess, New Asgard or just the local hospital to deal with her Necro Sword wounds. Yeah. Gore steals Stormbreaker, Stormbreaker from Thor's hand. Wait a minute. Yeah, to what? access the, the portal of eternity, right? What I think is really funny, Jesse, <laughs> is like this is the crux <laughs> in Gore's plan to steal Stormbreaker. And you fucking couldn't even remember how he got it. Yeah. I mean, Jesse, everybody. If you don't know it, Jesse's really, really hard student to film and pays close attention to story. He can't even remember how, like, that is such a telling statement on how this story is falling apart at the
1: seams. I could tell you every beat of Jaws right here, right now. Yeah. (laughs) Was it that you didn't care? Were you just so bored at this point? At the end, you know, just I'm like, let's just get to it. And, you know, like, at this point, the villain's plans kind of just crumbling at the seams here. And we're quipping left and right, where I'm just kind of, I'm really tuning out. I'm just. I'm not looking forward to the conclusion. And what a (laughs) conclusion it is. (laughs) When
0: we decide we're going to do the show and do like a a current release, a contemporary release, I watch those films differently than I do, just something that I'm going to watch on my own. I know you do the same because you got to prep the show. Yeah. And the fact that him stealing the key that unlocks the portal to the (laughs) throne of eternity is I don't want to say miss cuz you didn't miss it but like just didn't care enough to continue to fight through this murky story is <laughs> such a telling telling statement like yeah. this movie is dying at the minute okay so yeah is in his hands and we are now opening up it doesn't
1: stand out though i think that's the point right i mean like it's it, nothing like you latch on to and just like remember those like moments what's yeah and to the larger whole what is this throne of eternity i don't know What what is that? What do you mean? This is the this is the it's the wishing stone.
0: You're right. (laughs) It exactly is. Oh God, Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. So (laughs) he literally turns Stormbreaker to where the lasers are putting into this glyph on the wall, and it begins to glow. And in ten seconds, we're going to have the power to destroy all gods because the Necrosword
1: is in. That's what. That's horrible writing. That is horrendous writing. Yes, horrendous. The ability to turn an axe weapon to a glyph in in the right glyph in a stone is going to kill all the gods in the universe. Stupid. And and allow me to grant myself a wish. (laughs) So dumb. (laughs) Right. That is
0: bad. That is bad. If we were sitting in my office and you'd pose, I'd be like, "Get you'd, you'd another like, drink, fucker. What you, are you you'd doing?" Laugh
1: my ass out, and then we'd sit around for days trying to figure out how to not do that. Man, oh, yeah, how was that okay? That was that's. that's re- and then you're not even doubling down on the lightning kids that are about to merge and fight the things. You got to go with it. Come okay, so back.
0: after they get back to Earth and Jane is put in the um, hospice, I guess. Yeah, hospice ward for cancer treatment, and Val is having her wounds. Healed on the fourth floor, critical condition. Thor tells Jane, I'm going back.
1: And then Korg's face is on a mantle like yeah. uh, the, the Joker's girlfriend in the bed. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. So he's got to go back
0: because he's still got to rescue the kids, but he is now without Stormbreaker.
1: And he only has a bolt of lightning. Oh, he's got Zeus's lightning bolt.
0: Oh, God. He's the god of thunder. Yeah. Okay, so he goes to wherever the hell, the throne of eternity, <laughs> Gore has now traveled. Stormbreaker has been... Illuminating this glyph for hours, yet it's still not open. It's a really slow turning key. This glyph. <laughs> and Thor shows up and with the power of godship is able to bestow the thunderous, I'm sorry, shocking lightning bolts from Zeus's lightning bolt into the power of kids because he's a god. We are in we are we are admitting by the beat in this script we have no idea what the hell we're doing or where this is going. Let's just get this thing and let's get this car in the shop before the radiator falls out.
1: Yeah. Let's look at mirror images too. So the last, the tonally, these films are supposed to be the same Ragnarok and love and thunder in Ragnarok. We get that great empowering moment of Thor becoming his true self without weapons, right? Mm-hmm. No Mjolnir, no storm. The God Breaker. of hammers
0: or the God of thunder. Yeah,
1: exactly. And he becomes it. And then we get that great smash montage to immigrant song by Zeppelin. Yeah. Here we kind of get the same thing, right? We get the lightning kids and then it's the, the Sweet Child of mine. No, no, it was uh wasn't it the 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 break at the end of November rain? Oh it was you're right. Yeah it, it was you're right, it was November Rain. So we're kind of doing the same thing, but this is just like like way less impactful. And so these kids,
0: once they've been empowered with lightning, are told to go find whatever they can because they can wield rocks and stuffed animals and whatever as lightning capable projectiles. And so here comes Gore with another meaningless army of shadow monsters to have these kids destroy them with puppets and...
1: (sighs) Yeah, you're right.
0: (laughs) Meanwhile, Thor has got to take on Gore, and Gore's getting the better of him. Yeah. In a weakened state who's already lost a lot of his mortality because he's used the Necroblade so much. He is stronger or even able... To physically compete with Thor? There's no way.
1: Why didn't he take Mjolnir with him?
0: Why did Thor take Mjolnir because with him? Because he left it with Jane? No, he needed the Bifrost to get back to oh, right. wherever this, this mystery place that he just knew where it was. He's Oh, to the Throne of Eternity. And I think he actually asked Axel to tell me where you are. So anyway, he ends up there.
1: He, well, how, he uses what to get there, though? Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Mjolnir, yeah. Mjolnir can summon the Bifrost? Yeah, yeah. Whatever.
0: <laughs> if we're I don't get, know
1: how the Bifrost works. I thought Hemdall. I thought it was a key that went. He had to turn it on.
0: No, I think right, and I think that's why Axel is the Bifrost.
1: Fuck off! I, <laughs> I, right, I know. So that's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I don't even know how he got to where the kids are. How does he even know? He didn't see Gore go there. That does is... he have like a cosmic map in his head?
1: God, that's trash. Even worse, trash. Yeah. Okay.
0: So yeah. right. So somehow your bifrost rationale be damn jesse
1: <laughs> jane ends up there
0: well he gets there and he's getting his ass handed to him by gore which is completely unbelievable and thor how
1: does jane get there
0: <laughs> oh that's a good yeah i don't know how to, i don't even know whatever thor's about to get his ass handed to him jane shows up and this is the part i wanted to bring up with the necroblade okay it's been able to take blow after blow after blow. Okay, blow after blow after blow and never be knocked out of his hands, Gore's hands. Like he can swing the blade at um, Stormbreaker and they just like lightsaber, zzz, like clash. Yeah. And with no no totality or damage be- imbued to either um, weapon wielder. i <laughs> talking about a mouthful there. Jane shows up. Thor has now removed Stormbreaker from the Glyph portal. Although it's too late, the Glyph has been opened and we have the Throne of Eternity now there. He got there using Mjolnir. I have no idea how Jane got there because he had Mjolnir to get to this place. But Jane reclaims Mjolnir, comes up with her great line, which is, eat my hammer or something, and throws Mjolnir... Eat my shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Throws Mjolnir at the Necrosword, which causes the Necrosword to shatter? Yeah, and break, yeah. When did that come about? The movie's got to end, Matt. (laughs) So all of a sudden, the Necroblade can't take the... And if it was that simple, why didn't you just grab the Necroblade from him and fucking put Mjolnir on it and just hold it on the ground? Like, pin it on the ground. This is a mess. It's a total mess. This
1: is a disaster.
0: So the Necrosword is laying shattered on the ground... And you can see Gore who now without his weapon is in real trouble. Cause he can't summon his shadow army and he's dying because he's got Necrosword cancer. He, he tele telekinesis tries to reassemble the pieces of the Necrosword, but yet no, we're going to one up you cause Milner's already been shattered, which allows projectiles about 65 pieces <laughs> to fly forward Vacuum up the pieces of the Necrosword and absorb them back into Mjolnir. What? Yeah. That's how he's defeated, you guys. Yeah. The Mjolnir's shards suck up the Necrosword shards, reassemble in a jacked up version of Mjolnir, devour the Necrosword shards, leaving (laughs) Mjolnir intact and Gore without a weapon. Ah, but it's too late.
1: But they all end up at the gates of eternity, don't they? They
0: walk through it. They're all dying. The portal to the gate of eternity has been opened, and we get the big moment that Jesse said,
1: Gore gets a wish. Yeah. And I kind of thought Thor was going to get a wish, too. We should have. His wish would have been, save Jane Foster's life, right? Yeah, Cure her cancer. And if you need me as a sacrifice, so be it. No, we don't get that at all.
0: So Gore gets there, and the wish is either bring my daughter back or kill the gods or something... And the throne of eternity, which I guess looks, he, he's seen enough empathy, I guess,
1: in this five seconds <laughs> to, you see to, yeah. to make a decision. right? Because
0: Thor says, make your choice. Um, if Jane's going to die, she's going to die in my arms and there's nothing I can do about it. So do what you're going to do. Make your choice. I'm going to go love my woman. <laughs> what's and in and what's a really interesting moment. The image from whatever is um, erected through the throne of eternity's glyph looks a lot like Galactus. Mm. The helmet with the protruding probes. But from that, we get the reemergence of Gore's daughter, later to be named Love. And this is where things get interesting for me. Because if he birthed her, he birthed her, or he gave birth to her as a mortal. Like she's born from mortal origins. She did die and then is resurrected through his wish at the throne of eternity. Thus, you would assume she has some of the throne of eternity in here. Okay, that's good for writing, I guess, going forward, because that gives her a skill set that gives her some lasers and power and shit. Whatever. Exactly whatever. <laughs> and Gore's got to make the decision, which is, am I going to destroy all the gods, or am I going to bring my daughter back, or... What a, I didn't even know what he's going to do. In a
1: moment that could have been more powerful because if we were on board at the beginning with this origin story of him and I'm mad at the gods, this should have really rang true of I do choose my kin over my own personal
0: beef, right? Ultimately, he does decide that, but he decides that only after Thor agrees to take care of her. Play stepdad. Yeah. And so I guess he doesn't kill all the gods because Thor's still alive. Yeah. Jane Foster doesn't live because Thor didn't get a wish. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, Thor. <laughs> and no
1: wish for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: And Little Love comes back and then runs into Thor's arms and we're headed to a happy ending.
1: Yeah. Get out of here. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, this what? is <laughs> what? This is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Valkyrie's okay. She's she recovered from her wounds. New Asgard's the kids come back and New Asgard's okay. I guess Axel's going to be the new Hemdall going forward. And yeah, Thor and now Love are going to be trotting along the galaxy, getting into adventures. Dude, I could <sighs> give a fart in the wind about that storyline.
0: I'm with you. Oh, geez. I think one of the things that's most overrated in Hollywood is how good Steven Spielberg was with kids on set. You said overrated? Yes. There is, and people are like, what? Okay. What is Matt saying? There's one example of that really working, and that's E.T. And I'm going to tell you. it
1: with Jurassic Park? Huh?
0: A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Okay. What about Temple of Doom? No. Okay. I think Short Round's terrible.
1: <laughs> the character, you don't like uh. it.
0: <laughs> but the kids in E.T. work because E.T. works, not because Steven Spielberg works. Sure, yeah, yeah. Kids in film are hard to do, and unless it's a kid-driven, like, Stranger Things kind of vehicle, they just end up being unnecessary weight. Yeah. And so you just said it. Here we go. Now Thor is going to have to tote around the girl that Disney's never going to let grow up because they don't want kids to—see the example of Groot, because now she's not cute, and there's no buy-in for little kids to buy love dolls or love merchandise—
1: Little kids want an action figure of the the Batman. (laughs) They they care about the little kid, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: we're in the commercial machinery now. Of I got to tell you, growing up,
1: I could give. You know, I I love Temple of Doom. Growing up, and go back and listen to our Temple of Doom episode. I was really high on it because it was a great rewatch for me. Yeah. But as a kid, like I never wanted to be short round. I want to be Indiana Jones, man. Right. Like, like at that fan, that kid power fantasy, and trying to have a a relatable presence. I never wanted to be them. I wanted to be the main guy. I was lucky enough to be young, youngish yeah. when Yoda
0: was introduced, and I had tons and tons of Star Wars action figures. I remember when I got Yoda, and I was like, God, this is going next to the Jawa. Who cares? Yeah, I don't want R two D two. I want Han. I want Luke. I want Leia. I want Boba Fett. I yeah. want.
1: I want to be, I'll, I'll, fight, I don't, I'll be Vader. I
0: don't want Yoda. Yeah. I hate cute. I've I, always hated I, I, cute. To the
1: marketing teams listening to this podcast. All, yeah. all, <laughs> all none of them. I never in my adolescence did I ever want to be the kid in the thing. I, I didn't want to be no. kid, kid spy agent Cody Banks, Frankie Muniz. I want to be James Bond. Are you kidding me? Yep. 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 There is no buy-in here. And if people think that, if kids, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. That's a overrated sentiment right there.
0: You know, you brought up um, the Kenneth Branagh version of, of Thor earlier. Sure. Okay. And, like, you're an old man and that whole bit that, that Thor has to struggle through. And the struggle of Thor's coming to grips with less hubris and more empathy What that's turned into is self-deprecating quippy guy. In both cases, Thor and Ben Kenobi, they both suffer from the same internal flaw and that's they're too proud and that is an expensive hubris in both cases. In Ben Kenobi's case, it's I can raise a Jedi and we get Anakin to, to Vader. And in Thor, it's, I'm going to piss off my dad and I'm not worthy. Now, one of them creates a great villain, but the, the the other one doesn't. The base idea in both of those guys is I'm too vain and through my own vanity, I'm going to do some irreparable harm. Sure. That works. What I don't understand is when Feige looks at Star Wars and goes, man, these lightsabers are really cool and everyone loves them, and then gives it enough of a backstory that is, only Jedis who are worthy or really special people can wield them, how he didn't manage to see there was nothing even close to that in Necrosword, Stormbreaker, and Mjolnir. Because in the sum totality of this, doing a triangle with my hands for Jesse, this weapons triangle, kind of none of them matter. Yeah, They get some good humor with the love triangle that Thor's in between Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, and there's some funny moments in that. But at the end of the day... I don't remember has who has Mjolnir. I don't remember who has Stormbreaker. I don't know where the fuck the lightning bolt is. I know the Necrosword is absorbed and been eaten by Mjolnir, but we spent a lot of time with these weapons that basically revolved around a key to a glyph <laughs> and a hammer-shattering throw by Jane Foster to break a sword that's been hit by the hammer 50 times before the final break that she gives. And then, <laughs> and then I guess the adopted <laughs> weapon in this would be the lightning bolt that Thor is able to imbue with his lightning control
1: into a group of kids. Man, at this th- point, just a
0: fucking mess. Yeah, no,
1: it's a mess. Give me a Joker Prince parade float any day of the week.
2: That's yeah. <laughs> fair. I'm gonna
1: guess the people of Gotham. That's it, right? Yep. Simple. But I don't even know what the hell's going on at the end of this thing. Yeah, The Adventures of Thor, the title, as you always like to say, Thor, Love and Thunder. This is what the movie was leading us towards? Get out of town, man. So I'm going to ask see if you agree with this. Okay. Individual
0: films, Spider-Man aside. Okay. Up to this movie, can you say that Thor in the Marvel canon okay. is the most successful in totality no no way w- captain captain america number one
1: i'll put iron man number two
0: no i mean like all like iron man one two and three captain america one two and three yeah. thor one two 3. it's got to be cap and thor right
1: no i, I think now after this no, uh, <laughs> glaring admission before love and thunder through, oh, before through
0: three entries
1: yeah cap thor iron man i agree now it's cap iron man thor okay you just right because the one this is, is a mess now th- yeah, the one that really stuck out to me was Ragnarok and I don't know maybe you and I need to go back and watch that first one again we might really like it at this point we might uh but I'll take an Iron Man 1 and 2 and we'll do Iron Man 3 one these days that'll be a legendary episode but th- 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 this and Dark Worlds my least favorite of all these movies still yeah this is a disaster of epic proportions.
0: There is no Cap because there's no Cap anymore. There's the Falcon, but they have to start. And, and that's coming too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But they have to start a new a new Cap trilogy. There is no Iron Man. No. So they took the one lasting province of the big three that was still kind of intact. And ruined it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And ruined it. But that's not the end of the movie, right? Unless they're going to do with love what they do with the Valkyrie and that's just put her off in... You know, the king's quarters, and that pissed me off too. Like that really pissed me off that Valkyrie took the title of king. No, no, no. I get what you're doing, Disney. Let her be queen and let her be strong, powerful queen. You don't have to fucking take another male established role and stuff it in a woman. Just take a woman's role and make it fucking awesome. Yeah. She's not a king. Yeah. She's a queen. Yeah. And let, let there's millions of stories in history and in fiction of great queens. But if you say now she's king of Asgard, you're shitting on all the good queens. Well, it doesn't even matter in this movie because she barely has anything to do, right? Well, she'll just sit throne side with with um, Val, and they'll do nothing together. And that like was we,
1: that's a shame too, because that was that was the great partnership of Ragnarok, right? Was the two of them, yes, and Korg, yes, and the little other guy, <laughs> um, Meek, yeah. That, that was all funny. It all played. Maybe this movie needed more Jeff Goldblum. I don't I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> something. Yeah, something. But what about these end credit sequences? Because, oh my God. Okay. You want to do you do one? I'll do, why well, don't you do, I'll do the one I saw. Yeah. <laughs> stick around for the other. No, man. I can't stick around anymore. Dude, that's why Top Gun Maverick was so good. Yeah. No end credits. She's the, Lady Gaga starts singing. She, get out of the Fade theater. Get out of the theater. <laughs> Beat, Beat the traffic. You're done. Yeah. I hate this end credit nonsense, actually. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so we cut back to Zeus, Russell Crowe and his harem of women that he just probably just orgies left and right in an omnipotent city. Mm-hmm. Wounded, right? I mean, he just got pierced with his own lightning bolt and I guess he's really upset and mad now. And so he's like, I, I will get my revenge. Uh, and, but you, you you will have to go and find Thor and make things right. And summoned from a lightning bolt or something or he was just off screen. Hercules. Which Hercules is a Marvel character. They've done a Marvel thing with the Hercules character, but man, F-list. Where are we going, people? Yeah. Yeah. F-list. We joked about this offline, too. Off mic. You know, early on with these end credit sequences, you know, the general movie fan could be like, oh, wow, they're... They're setting that person up. They're setting up a Thanos. They can maybe figure that out or like where this is leading to. Oh, it's another stone. Or do you remember that? One of my favorite Thor, the dark world's fucking terrible, but the end credit is Sif and, uh, Fandall or one of the other Warriors 3 delivering the power stone to Benicio, mm-hmm. the collector. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he say like something's like, two down, for to go or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Great scene. I think people yep. watching up to that point would get what's going on there.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Audiences now that aren't like comic people, they're going to know what the hell is going on here. Who... Hercules? Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, no, God. Get out of here. Another
0: brawny to fight Thor. That is not happening.
1: What's man. worse? It, was this worse or Pip and Harry Styles? Pip was still worse. That was pretty bad. That was terrible. No one knows what the hell was going on there.
0: No, at least you like recognize Hercules as Hercules. But who the... Pip, the space elf. Who cares?
1: Brutal, right? Oh. It doesn't set up anything that we could remotely care about.
0: Well, I mean that's the next film, Hercules versus Thor. Truthfully, it, that makes more sense than kind of what this movie ended up being, but I don't I don't want to see that either. Like,
1: I don't either. No. No way.
0: They've ruined Thor. Okay, so the second post credit scene is Jane Foster, who died a warrior's death or a space Viking's death, so she is allowed access into the halls of Valhalla, is met outside Valhalla with none other than Idris am Heimdall. Oh, okay. And so he says, welcome. And there is lots of familiar faces here for you to see. So they, <laughs> probably and Loki. No, now, Loki, or, He's well, I'm, well, Loki's, Loki's died 50 times. Lo- so why wouldn't, there's probably six of them. There.
1: Loki's variants somewhere out there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So Jane Foster may be dead in earth terms, but she's not dead in screen terms, I
1: guess. Yeah. As a writer, yeah, you can bring her back at any point, it seems like, right?
0: So now you have Return from Valhalla, and you also have multiple dimensions. So there's plenty of Jim Foster's out here. Oh, Jesus. So this whole thing, this whole cancer thing that we did, and watching that, and actually, I cared about that. Yeah. Is now
1: completely undone as well, too. God. Because she's really not dead. I hate it. I, I hate that. I hate the lack of stakes. Right. We watched a whole movie where we we're just like the needle moved like a millimeter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Come on, man. I know. Ah, geez. All righty. What was your favorite tasting note of Thor, Love and Thunder?
0: Despite as hard as we've been on this, there were a lot of really, really funny moments. And um, a lot of that is done through Korg. I think he's great comic relief. My favorite moment in this movie was the Rob Reiner, Nora Ephron thing that you called. Like Him, the backstory on how they broke up was so brilliantly done. It was pretty good. Yeah. I was very, very entertained about that piece in this film. I'm going to pick the same moment, actually. Guys. That is sad that we both picked that in this movie. But
1: you know what was good about that was like superpowers aside, it was they were kind of living like two regular people, right? Yep. Sitting on the couch watching Netflix, like yeah. eating ice cream. And you just got to see that deteriorate over time because of... Their jobs, like their, their jobs, just happen to be God of Thunder and astrophysicist or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was I thought that was and uh, Taika's touch, right? I mean, it's the song, it's the the comedic tendencies, like it all that all played really well. Yeah, um, yeah. That, I guess that is kind of sad. What's the Oh my God! God! No! Moment of
0: Thor Love and Thunder. When Jane throws Mjolnir and shatters the Necro Sword, I literally out loud said, "Oh my God, are you kidding me?"
1: <laughs> couldn't believe it.
0: I couldn't. I couldn't believe that because that it's over at that point.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Th- that's all it took. That's all it took.
1: That was a, my oh my god moment. Terrible, terrible, stupid writing. That was brutal. I got to go with the Lightning Kids. That's bad too. That yeah, was just, and it really, it really made me think back to the last film when we're on the Bifrost. Right, remember? And Thor's mowing through those people and Valkyrie's doing her cool shit. And I was like, this is like supposed to be the mirror image of that. This is way worse. I just and, and I think one of the kids had a stuffed animal, lightning bolts are coming out of it. That was weak. Like a sprinkler, like a lightning bolt sprinkler. I mean, it's a moment we're doing it for a joke. You can't no one, no human can take that seriously. It's only meant there for a chuckle. Right. And whether you chuckle or not is the decision at the end of the day, but I did not chuckle. I was just, move on, man. Mm-hmm. Who's the master distiller on Thor Love and Thunder?
0: Chris Hemsworth still really good. Like he has the Thor thing down. I know he's quippy and all that, but I do think like he is the perfect Thor. I think he's he's well 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 cast, and he had another. So the movie doesn't suck because of him. No, 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 no. So I'm gonna give it to him.
1: I gotta give it to him too. Yeah, I thought about Bale, but I honestly, at the end of the day, they kind of wasted Bale's acting prowess in this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie Portman's okay, you know. I could give it to Taika Waititi, but s- something happened here. There's there's a lost in translation of a lot of things going on here. But Chris Hemsworth is still really good at, his, at this character. You gotta wonder like how how long, much longer is he gonna end up playing him? I don't see a lot of offers. I don't
0: see him in a lot of other other films. So he might just be really comfortable. Of course, <laughs> as many Marvel films as they do with him, he's probably got work all the time. He's
1: got his Thor money, right? He he's, sure does. he's fine. <laughs> How are you going to rate and grade Thor, Love, and Thunder? We have rock Gut, Well, Call, Single Barrel, and Tippy Top Shelf. Where are you going for this one? It's rock Gut. This is a terrible film.
0: Despite the fact I was entertained, upon deeper breakdown, there's nothing in here that makes any kind of sense and did one damn bit of good on what should have been a pretty simple story. Yeah. Um, I don't think they told the right story. This was really easy. This was Chase Gore across the universe before he kills too many gods. That was what this movie should have been, and it wasn't. With a lot of false setups that were never paid off. Like, I saw it twice. um, And I'll never watch this movie again. (laughs) Unless unless I'm, you know, want to be a jerk and snobby about a film or something. I
1: know, yeah. Well, you know, you could do your massive 40-film rewatch before Secret Wars, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. You can watch it again. Mm -hmm. Oh, goodness. I'm going to go well minus... But, man, like, we got, like, five – we got, like, a full foot in rock gut as well. Yeah. I was so disappointed. I, I wanted this. It, the, the formula there, the Ragnarok formula to here post-end game with Thor should have been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And there's just some – a lot of stuff got in the way of this. Mm-hmm. The Jane Foster Thor, Mighty Thor, that could have really worked, and it's just, it just kind of doesn't. And – Valkyrie has nothing to do, and the humor really, the the fucking goats, man. Like, after a while, I was like, it was funny at first, but now it's just, it's annoying. Mm -hmm. And by the end, Thor, the the kid trekking the galaxy, getting into stuff, I want no part of that. Yeah, it's very, maybe the most disappointing movie of the summer. Eh. I knew Jurassic Dominion was going to be bad. I don't know if that disappointed me. I wanted this to be great, and I think I'm left disappointed with the outcome, right? Yep. My question to you: Is this worse than the Eternals? No. Yeah, no, no. Okay, funny. so that's uh, you know what I'm going to
0: cheat a little bit. Rock up may be a little too rough. I could probably get to well minus with you because yeah. I'll bring it back a little bit. Um, I did laugh, so
1: there is that, and I was entertained. So yeah, rock up might be a little too, a little too harsh. Did you know. like it more than Black Widow? Ooh. I think I did, and I think that's just more an admission of how much I didn't like Black Widow.
0: Yeah, probably. I, I yes, as far as summer popcorn fair, yeah, probably. Yeah, Black this, Widow's a really bad, bad film.
1: This phase, okay, let's get into it. I, I, I've been wait this. This is what I've been looking forward to, right? Yeah. Okay, so you and I for months talking on mic and off mic. What the hell is Marvel doing? Where is this going? What is the the goal at the end of the day. Well, we got a lot of answers last week. So if phase one through three, the Thanos Infinity Gem Gauntlet Saga across the universe was called the Infinity Saga. I got that great box set in my closet over there. Yeah. It has 22 films in it. Kevin Feige, they came out on Comic-Con. And they just they blew the doors off this thing with announcements, at least. Quality and content, we'll find out, right? Mm-hmm. But they've labeled this new saga the multiverse saga. Phases four, five, and six all have that general theme. What do you think about that? I'm super disappointed. It's kind of messy, right? It's it's already messy. And we're going to double down on that some more, right?
0: Yeah, comic books already suffer from no one's really ever dead in them. And that's as a comic book fan, no one ever stays dead. If you introduce the multiverse, nothing's going to have any consequences or stakes because all you have to do is just recast the actor with a different haircut in a different dimension. And once they get over the fish out of water thing, which gets really old after like one or two movies, yeah. I'm really disappointed. The multiverse saga, there is, you talked about gravity. There's no boundary to that. Like the the infinity saga had a boundary and it was a glove. And the claiming of six particular things, the multiverse saga has 25,000 Doctor Stranges in it. Yeah. Now, what matters? And Kang, who seems to be the linchpin in this, they
1: need to make it matter, right?
0: Good luck. Yeah. I mean, we saw how they mess with time in Endgame. And that was the beginning of the multiverse kind of idea.
1: Yeah. If you can
0: it. fucking change time and play multiverses, dude, what? <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Don't get attached to anybody because nothing matters.
1: So let's do this real quick. So phase four, and we're, we're almost at the end of it here. We had. WandaVision. Let's see if I can do this from memory. I'm not looking at anything right now. I'm looking at Matt. (laughs) We had WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Black Widow, Loki, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, (sighs) Hawkeye, Eternals, Spider-Man No Way Home. (laughs) Miss Marvel? No, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Miss Marvel, Thor, Love and Thunder. And so that's where we're at right now. And Wakanda Forever finishes. we right? got two more things. We have She-Hulk, and we have Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. As an assessment, is phase four the weakest of the phases we've seen thus far? There's only two things in there that I even like. Yeah, Spider-Man and Wanda, right? That's it. Yes. This has been a huge, colossal disappointment for us. And you and I have covered nearly all of this as well right Mm -hmm. all those movies we did the dive into the tv shows and everything we've been watching the other stuff on the side you bailed on moon Knight. did you even finish moon Knight? i didn't yeah jesus huge miss yeah we need a serious uptick in quality big yeah yeah something that we can be like that was actually a good movie like do you remember when we would come back and like Man, Winter Soldier that was pretty damn good espionage little thriller. There, there's a good sequel for Cap. Oh, Doctor or uh, Ant Man that was really good. The Gardens of the Galaxy I never thought that would work. That was actually a really good movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Age of Ultron didn't love it, but like it still kind of came together. Like we would come back and like be fairly impressed by a lot of this. Now, fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. You and I are just really in the dumps with this stuff. It just they've turned out so much just
0: mediocre content that uh, people I think are starting to become numb to it. And all they have to really do in Disney film or Marvel films anymore is put a really great end credit scene and just about every, and it's pretty smart too, because just about everybody forgets what the movie was because they're so busy getting a pre-trailer to what might be years down the road. It's really smart. It's a great marketing device by, by Marvel, but it's also a way to steal what spent two hours for the last two minutes.
1: I gotta tell you, this is to the, the listeners and the people that, if you like these movies, all the power to you. You're allowed to like whatever you, you like. Yeah. But you need you need an uptick in your quality control. Like, you need, you need, you need to want more from your superhero films. Because, like, the, the ones you and I really could gravitate and could say jump out of the genre, like a Spider-Man 2 or a Dark Knight aren't bound by these rules of universes. They tell a single, single cohesive story and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. A simple story Mm -hmm. too. We are so in the weeds with setting up the next character and the next villain and the next variant and no one, I, I could give a lick and I've grown up reading you too. You have boxes of Spider-Man comic books. Like you, we read and live this stuff. We got to want more from this. Yeah. If, if you're spending 250 million dollars on these movies, which back in the day that seems like a, oh my god, how could you spend that much on a movie? It's common right now, right? Mm-hmm. We need we we need we need to demand more from what we're getting. Cuz everything's just okay at best. At best.
0: Yeah, I think you you bringing up Age of Ultron was a perfect synopsis, Jesse. Age of Ultron in this Phase Four, and I think that's one of the weaker. That's in the bottom third of Marvel films for me. That would have been one of the top three films in Phase Four. Oh yeah. I mean, I, we have a little bit of a different take on on Hawkeye, and that, that was okay. Oh, I, I think I, you liked you like I you, I think you liked a little bit more than me, but it was okay. Yeah. Um. You know, Spider Man was see what the,
1: we're doing. It was just okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Spider Man was the clear winner.
1: Oh. By a landslide. And
0: the rest was just, at best, stomachable. I mean, we both said there's no way that Rami can miss on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It kind of was a miss. I don't know what the answer is other than they need to accept the fact that there is a lifespan to the Avengers that gave them 30 films and it's time
1: to retire them now because there's none that anyone care about that are left. Think back, go back in your time machine and go back to 2008 to 12 Okay, and the first phase. Mm -hmm. And so good that that their goal, I think, was let's tell a good movie and then we'll kind of tease this thing out at the end that hopefully we get to. Mm -hmm. Now, I think they know they're going to get to it and they just completely destroy the product that's presented to the audience. Mm -hmm. I know we don't we're not high on that first thor and i don't i'm not big on iron man too but the first cap the iron man i like the edward norton hulk i think they just tell like a good story there and then yeah we're going to get to this thing maybe yep and i think that was the difference right mhm then this thing just got gigantic right this whole universe got like oh wow now they'll, they'll buy into the avengers we got to cover that movie one of these days too cuz that's 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 the turning point right yes the success of that first avengers film was a landslide to audience acceptance of a cohesive universe it changed the hollywood cinematic
0: universe forever yeah. everybody's got to be a world building kind of franchise now yeah um it's the citizen kane curse it's the sixth sense curse right yeah. you have this really cool concept that mostly works and it works really well and then you and, spend the rest of your life trying to replicate it and i
1: think we got a lot of good out of that I th- the, the winter soldier doctor strange ant-man civil war ragnarok black panther infinity war i think those are all really good movies mm-hmm. really watchable rewatchable. and then since endgame it's just been like god bless what the hell are we doing here
0: it's funny you brought up shang chi we were talking about this this weekend and i just a friend of mine hadn't seen it and i'm like yeah it's like you would think it's a karate movie but it's a karate movie that has like space dragons and shit <laughs> in and he was like what yeah I said, he doesn't just walk around and just have better karate skills than anybody. I said, no, frankly, he doesn't even really use them to square off against any kind of larger, you know, Bruce Lee, Funhouse Mirrors kind of, no. he's like, ugh. It's just the bad choice. No one cared about Shang-Chi. I don't sure. care what anyone says. No one cared about that. Sure. And the other big mistake on that one was you had already introduced, this is leading to something, you had already introduced Iron Fist. Now, that, that series on Netflix Blue. Mm-hmm. But you'd already introduced something. Just use that one. Yeah. You don't need Shang-Chi. Yeah. I will say this, though. I was, And let's get into the announcements Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. The thing I'm most happy is that we've seen the uh, reprising of Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio's Daredevil and, and the Kingpin. Yeah. Now, that's going to be challenging, right? Because
1: that's really R-rated violent stuff. Kingpin decapitated a guy with a car door. Yeah. <laughs> How's Disney Plus going to handle that? No idea let's get into it right that it. was just kind of the phase four because we're almost at the end of him we'll we'll probably cover black panther that seems i'm excited to see that because yeah how, yeah how are they going to address to Chala's passing on screen you know you know the real life chadwick boseman died we got Neymar being entered into that like there's some big stuff that's going to happen in that you say killmonger's coming back like i maybe would maybe be okay with that we love michael b jordan so yeah why not But let's talk about beyond that. So we'll do date by date, and then I have a bunch of big questions for you. Ant-Man and the Wasp is going to start Phase 5 on February seventeenth, twenty 2023. Quantumania.
0: (laughs) It's not an album by The
1: Who. Yeah. Yeah. What if Season 2 animated early 2023? I guess we need to be watching that too, Matt. Mm. (laughs) Secret Invasion early 2023 show. Show... That's a mistake. whole movie, That's man. A That's a Talk about the Scroll invasion. That's big.
0: Skrulls show up, and it, that the linchpin in that is Spider-Woman, actually, and Elektra. Um, basically, Elektra gets killed, and then after she's killed, they realize that she's been a Scroll the whole time, and then the Avengers all kind of turn on each other, wondering who was not the real McCoy, and where'd they go? And there were some big reveals in who was not actually Avenger proper, but yeah. Skrull. Um, that But that's a movie. Yeah. That, that's a that's, movie. That's, that's not big, a show. That's big time, yeah. It might work as a show too, but yeah, I agree. That's a movie. Okay.
1: Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, May 5th, 2023. James Gunn said this is kind of the end story for this lineup of the Guardians. Ooh. Mistake? We'll see. Yeah. After that, okay. Echo, Summer 2023. Now, if you don't remember, who's the f- is Echo. Mm -hmm. They introduce a character in the Hawkeye TV series, Maya Lopez. She becomes this character called Echo, and they're going to dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, probably not really interested in that. Okay. Loki Season 2, Summer 2023. We were big fans of Loki Season 1, right? mm -hmm. (laughs) Wearing the t-shirt. Jesus. Okay, Uh, now movie. The Marvels. Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, and I think Monica Rambeau. Marvel... July twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Iron—that's their big summer release in twenty twenty three. Oh, we'll see. <laughs> Ironheart, fall twenty twenty three. Riri Williams. Dude, we're getting into the D list, right? Yep. <laughs> Blade, November third, twenty twenty three. Mahershala Ali—is that a Sony property? No, that's Marvel Studios. Yeah. Agatha Harkness, Coven of Chaos, late 2023, early 2024, show on Disney Plus. It's gonna blow. It was a good tease at the end of in Wandavision, but like I, I didn't need a whole expansion on that, right? I don't need. She's not a. She's not gonna carry a show. Okay. Is it gonna be called Paranormal Activity Three? Oh Jesus! <laughs> Ready. Mm-hmm. Daredevil, Born Again, early 2024. The first Marvel show that's going to be eighteen episodes,
0: coming from fantastic writing, if adapted, that is one of the best big big Daredevil stories ever.
1: Didn't Frank Miller come back from that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's we'll see on Disney Plus though. Frank Miller is not suited for Disney Plus, Jesse. I got
1: to tell you, you know, they just put recently Logan and the first two Deadpool's on Disney Plus, and those are R rated films. So, I mean, if they're willing to do that, you gotta you gotta lean into the gritty with that, right? You have to, and let's hope because that
0: is an amazing story.
1: Let me ask you this too: while we're talking about Daredevil, is this the Daredevil and Kingpin we saw in the Netflix show, or is this just those actors in this version? Are are we getting references to? those Karen pages and foggies, or are they just starting anew with those same actors? I don't know. I hope it's the net like acknowledging carrying it over. Let's not start over again. That, that really worked. Leave it alone. I got to tell you this. I think that Netflix Daredevil That's like a top 10 TV series for me. Yeah. It really came together in season two and season three is easily the best. Yeah. It brings some of that over, right? Mm-hmm. But I got to that whole, is that, is, are you, finished? we're not done yet. Okay. Do you want to save it? No, 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 go. May 3rd, 2024, Captain America, New World Order. So this is Sam Wilson's vehicle, right? Yeah. Bucky will probably be there too. And then the Phase 5 Capper on July 26, 2024, the Thunderbolts. So the Thunderbolts. What the fuck is the Thunderbolts? So I guess they've kind of been alluding to. There's been this whole other end uh, credit thing with uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, right? Contessa von Trapp, right? And she's assembling a team of bad dudes: John uh, Walker, Yelena Bolova, Tim Roth, uh, uh, Zemo. And so it, you would imagine it, it, this is almost like a Suicide Squad, but the Marvel version, right? Yeah. What do you think about that? I like the Thunderbolts as a comic. Um,
0: John Walker and Yelena Bolova, though, I don't know. Um, I'm with the I'm with the Zemo
1: piece. Who else could be in that of what they've set up so far would, um, God bless. Uh, oh, shit. I don't know. Yeah. They'll have to fill out that roster. What do you think of because uh, William Hurt passed away. Are they going to have to recast General Thunderbolt Ross? Yeah. 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 Because he's kind of big into that, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of his and of von Trapp's uh big uh big plan. So I've that,
0: had I mean there's the Punisher's been part of that, uh Deadpool's been part of that, Red Hulk's been part of that, Ghost Rider's been part of that. Um Crossbones. They, yeah, Crossbones, the Juggernaut, uh Dr. Octopus. There's a lot of kind of brawny ones. The question with that is kind of the question with the Avengers is who are you going to get to lead it? Uh, Con- Contessa Von Trapp is a possibility, but it needs to be Zemo or Norman Osborn if they can get there. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I'm, they-
0: I'm interested. <clears throat> I'm interested. We'll okay. See. Okay. The suicide squad is terrible, but this might be different.
1: Phase six had only three entries in. And so Feige came up on the stage at Comic-Con and threw up, we knew a Fantastic Four movie was happening, but now we have a date. November 8th, 2024. You and I have been waiting for this for a long time. Is it going to be John Krasinski as Reed Richards? I mean, they set it up, but is he still going to be in it, right? Right. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so, too. And I've heard every rumor from Jason Siegel as The Thing and uh, Javier Bardem as Doom, which yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Mm. Uh, so we'll see. I think at D23, I think we'll get the cast, right? Yeah. Cause that's two years away. We need. They're going to go into production like right now. Yep. Uh, and then the big end game, right? May second, twenty twenty five, Avengers: The King Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's big, big. And then two in the same year. That November, we're going to get November seventh, twenty twenty seven, The Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Huge. That's nearly bigger than the Infinity Gauntlet story. It probably is bigger in like length of comic book.
0: Yes. What do you think about that? It sounds like to me, five, like four, is just a great big setup for what's teased out in six. The magnitude of what's happening six compared to what we've been named in five. I don't want to say five's a waste and there may be some value in there. I think it's time to really kind of lean into this idea of the multiverse saga that he's talking about may not have the big bad that you and I have wanted. It may be smaller, shorter arcs that maybe go through a couple films with a bad, but this large culminating event, unless they're going to go Cree scroll, which seems to be set up with the Secret Wars and the Marvels were playing in that space a
1: little bit. Well, I'm kind of think- I don't know, Jesse. I'm kind of thinking, because Kang is the big bad in Mania. Yeah. Kind of thinking we might get like some sort of like Kang Doom team up for Secret Wars. The problem that they've already
0: announced Avengers: The Kang Dynasty is he kind of has character armor though now mm-hmm. because if he's Quantum Mania Big Bad and then had a saga like a film named after him, and I know that there are me different time versions and different multiple dimensions of Kang, maybe everybody kind of has character armor now. Nobody, nobody, they
1: all matter, but they don't. What happens to them doesn't matter because there's another version where that thing hasn't happened to them. To me, I think you're going to definitely need to end that Kang dynasty on a cliffhanger to lead into the next one, right? Mm -hmm. They'll be sent off away to some planet, right? Mm -hmm. And then we'll have secret wars. Yeah. My three questions to you. Let's do one at a time here. Of all those things I rattled off, what are you most looking forward to?
0: Uh, one, two, and three, or just, just one, just one fantastic yeah. four.
1: Yeah, long way away, though. We've been wanting that a long time. Uh, is that what's in for you? I really want the four. If they do Secret Wars, right, that could trump yeah. Infinity War and Endgame combined, mm-hmm. if done well. I mean, because you could, at theoretically, I mean, Spider Man's going to play a big part in that as well. You could bring back those other two Spider Man variants. I mean, they could be a team up of gargantuan proportions oh yeah you would think the x-men might figure into this at some point too god i hope look yeah. at those empty dates there you got to figure something in there's got to be mutant oriented yeah because you kind of want how many empty are there? six how many left yeah
0: eight eight empty
1: dates because you kind of want wolverine in that mix too you kind of want jean gray there magneto you kind of want those guys a part of that too wasn't
0: there an announcement recently with um oh my god what's the guy's name uh, Rocket Man guy um Taron
1: Edgerton didn't he get announced for some Marvel role recently He said he met with Marvel oh that's right about a role he was real hush but about what yeah it was. They, though, when you they say they meet they can't say who they're gonna be He'd be a great Johnny Storm He'd be a great Johnny Storm I think he'd be a good Wolverine too honestly mm-hmm. if they because Hugh, Hugh isn't gonna play the character he's, again he's, he's, they, he's they need a they need a new I can see him doing it. Mm-hmm. But Secret Wars could be gargantuan, and if done well, but man, I need you got to prove it to me leading up to that. I Mm -hmm. need I need some stakes. That and Daredevil: Born Again. Well, I'm kind of on board with that. Yeah. Of all those properties I just listed, what are you least looking forward
0: to? Either the Loki series or the Agatha Harkness Coven of Witches. Yeah,
1: God, that sounds yeah that that sounds weak. I think the echo for me. It's just oh. a character. I don't need nine episodes of that. Like, that's a supporting character in a movie that shows up here and here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, last question. Mm-hmm. Of those properties that I just listed. Oh, no, I have two more questions. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Of those properties I just listed, including Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, which one of those films do you think has the most importance going forward?
0: Um, Cap, Captain America. Really? I do.
1: I think it might be Wakanda forever or Quantumania for me.
0: Okay. I could see your Wakanda forever. I think that that reestablishes a big land that's devoid of a leader mm-hmm. and certainly another world with the bringing of the Atlanteans in there. We've now we're in the water too. Yep. Um If the Avengers is going to reassemble, haha, they have to have another key linchpin piece. And the reason that I would say that, The cap film matters is for me to care about Avengers Kang Dynasty, we have to have a Captain America to lead that team that's worthy of me showing up.
1: Sure.
0: But that's you know, that's also really troubling because then I want this to be good, so this other one might matter. How about the movie just be good
1: because it's just a good movie? That's what I want at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, and then final question which character going forward do you think is the most important? Or is going to carry the most weight? It's probably Kang, isn't it? Maybe that's oh, just for sure. Yeah, villain wise. Oh, you uh, give me a hero.
0: I still think it might be Doctor Strange.
1: I would say that if they didn't leave him in such a weird state at the end of that movie, yeah, and nothing on the docket really points to a strange appearance, right? Mm-hmm. I would have said that. And I would have said Spider-Man, but maybe one of those dates will be another Spider-Man movie. Because he's got to figure big into this.
0: Well, at some point, they have to finish off the Sinister Six. It's coming. Yeah. They've teased it for a long time. It's, it's got to come sooner or later.
1: I got to know, how is Peter going to exist in a world where no one knows of Peter Parker? <laughs> like, There's some big sh- stories left untold with that story. Mm-hmm. I think th- This is a little, and it's not like he's like going to lead the Avengers, but like I think they're begging a lot on Daredevil. Mm. Because if you didn't see the last She-Hulk trailer, he shows up at the end of Mm -hmm. it. Yeah. In his original yellow and red suit. Cool. They're getting back to like a street level thing that you and I tend to gravitate towards. I know She-Hulk is a very derivative character that we're kind of not on board with, but reestablishing Daredevil, Hell's Kitchen, a law lawyer aspect. And so he showed up in Spider-Man. He's in that and he's getting his own 18 episode show. Yeah. I think they got big plans for Charlie the, Cox, the devil of hell's kitchen. Yeah, yes, they do. So I'm on board. I mean, I love daredevil. Yeah. So me too. We'll have to revisit this uh, in September. Maybe we'll do a shot when D 23 does their uh, expo. We're going to get some big stuff there. We'll have to talk about the cast of the four who's directing that thing. Yeah. We probably do need to do a shot uh, and all the big announcements. Cause then I think the picture might be a little more painted of the multiverse. And how King, and maybe maybe this thing turns out pretty good. Maybe it does. Yeah, maybe it does. Nobody believed he could do it with Thanos
0: and the Avengers, and he did. So even though we didn't like the ending, most of it was pretty good.
1: But so far, Phase I'm with you. Phase four has been weak, weak weak sauce. But that's the end of this small batch review. We knew this was going to be a longer episode diving into Thor, love and thunder and all things, Marvel studios, the cinematic universe. But next week we're going (laughs) to, we're going to wrap up our action movie cast finally. And we teased it out a little bit in our last boy scout episode. One of your favorites Mm -hmm. point break point break. Yeah. Catherine Bigelow, uh, Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, Lori Petty. <laughs> mm. This is gonna be a fun. This is gonna be a fun rewatch. This is gonna be a nice refresher after being kind of kind of in the in the dredges here with Thor, Love, and Thunder. This will be this will be great. Can't wait. Excellent. So you have that coming to you next week. So cheers. <laughs> cheers to you. And then, Matt, we're gonna blink our eyes. And we're gonna be right back in spooky season. It's coming. Yeah, and there's a multitude of casts we've always talked about doing. So we saw Nope last week. Yeah. Did you see it? Mm, not yet. Well, let's talk about it. Yeah, uh, But, yeah, we're right on the, the cusp of diving into different trilogies or monsters or zombies or whatever we want to get into. So that's going to be exciting.
0: We do like the end of September
1: period. Yeah. We do usually find a couple gems in there. That'll be pretty good. So cool. until then, I got to get going. I got to go. Uh, I'm going to make a trek to New, uh, new Asgard because I think I want to catch the new show of the the... The Asgard Troop Theater 225. (laughs) Have you seen my clothes? You flicked your uh, whiskey
0: a little too hard and I'm sitting here naked. So
1: stupid. (laughs) Uh, We'll see you all next
0: week. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark.
1: Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Thor, Love and Thunder. is property of Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Studios motion pictures. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise and flick!
0: Oh, you flipped too hard, damn it!
2: Should we help him? I mean, eventually. Grape.